And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. Looking forward to a great show with you tonight. Full house, full boat tonight. Broadcast live every weeknight, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Uh, catch us live as well on YouTube Live and also on BTR, Block Talk Radio. We have some issues there. And just uh, to keep you in the loop, there is no available help at the moment. There must be some kind of... All right. Interface issues, so we will um, keep our eye on that. Yeah, just if you're if you're if you connect via uh, Blog Talk Radio, uh, the interface between it's a software issue apparently. So there you go, Eric the Tech speaks. He speaks. All right, Doug Hagman at the helm. Joe Hagman here. All right, let's bring on Dave Hodges. Dave Hodges, is he there? Are you there? Dave Hodges is here. You've got a lot to talk about, man. You sound like you're uh, right here in the studio with us, so uh, it's good. It's good to, well, good to hear you, man. Hey, we, uh, Dave Hodges, Common Sense Show, folks. If you, if you don't, if you haven't tuned in, CommonSenseShow.com. Uh, if you haven't gone to the Dave's website, do so. If you haven't bookmarked that, do so. If you don't check it every day, do so. If you don't listen every week, do so. If you don't catch his YouTube's every day, do so. Come on, Dave. It's rock. What do you got? Yeah. What do you got for us, brother? Uh, it's hard to know where to start. Uh, Paul Martin and I did a mini podcast last night. I mean, five, six minutes. And in that time, we covered four potential, no, excuse me, five potential nation-ending events that have happened in the last 24 hours. So, Mr. you know, sure. where do you start with this? I mean, you know, I think what's on everyone's mind is Flynn, Pizzagate, and what I'm finding, Doug is all roads lead to Pizzagate. The Jerry Sandusky and Son second mile leads to Pizzagate. The Franklin scandal leads to Pizzagate. Uh, Nancy Schaefer, the murdered Georgia state senator, was going to Pizzagate. Uh, Frank Johnson, the Congressional District 1 of Virginia, uh, House Representatives man, he was forced out of office he was going towards Pizzagate. Didn't use the term, but his whole homepage was dealing with child sex trafficking. L.A. County Sheriff leads to Pizza Hut. Um, I've seen things in uh, Colorado. You, in, just in so we don't time. get sued, it's Pizzagate. Just, you said Pizza Hut. So. Oh, did I say Pizza Hut? Yeah, it's okay, Pizzagate. So I love Pizza Hut. No, no, <laughs> no offense intended there, Pizza Hut. I love you. Um, I wish you had more in-store restaurants again. Used to go there all the time in high school. Anyway, oh, yeah. Pizzagate, excuse me. So, you know, all around the country, these pedophile rings, and internationally, DynCorp, Wells Fargo, Wachovia, when Blackwater was doing their thing, all, all tied to child sex trafficking. And we're coming to a nexus point, Doug. It's all pointing to Washington, D.C., and the perverts that we put into Washington, into government office. And just today, just today, 
In fact, let me reference something here. Trevor Loudon has a fantastic documentary called The Enemies Within. And in that, he identifies 80 congressmen and senators, men and women, uh, all Democrats, or should I say members of the Democratic Communist Party, and they all belong to front groups for either the Communist Party, the Muslim Brotherhood, or both. And what I was told today by someone who's put me on the right path before on this topic is that uh, these front groups for the Communists and the Muslim Brotherhood, well, they're into Pizzagate. I so, like them apples. I, I, mm. There continues to be these developments into you know, this Pizzagate investigation, the citizens' investigation of Pizzagate. New things continue to be uncovered and exposed. But one of the things that you mentioned is the Sandusky, the son of Jerry Sandusky, arrested for uh, the same crimes, you know, abusing and, and molesting children. And, I, I mean, that speaks volumes. And also, Dave, I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, and some people have even tied it to Clinton um, Foundation donations uh, drying up from different countries, but there's been a lot of sex trafficking, human trafficking, and pedophilia rings that around the country and around the world that have been uh, busted recently. There was one in L.A. that involved over 400 and some uh, people, some in law enforcement. There was, um, we had a, an incident here in what was Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where there was like, real dark satanic stuff happening. It was a, a child sex ring. And then there's um, there was links. I saw one story that pointed out uh, headlines that showed, um, you know, donations from this country drying up to the Clinton Foundation. And then a day later, it it was a story from that same country saying, you know, child sex ring uncovered, uh, arrests made. And there was like three examples of that, and they were all within days of each other, uh, whether it's tied to the Clinton Foundation or not. I find it very interesting, though, the amount of uh, stories that we see of, of these things happening, and um, yet they still say Pizzagate's a conspiracy, and there's, you know, there's no such thing as child sex trafficking. It's really crazy. Well, you know how they've deflected the whole thing, gentlemen, is they've, um, you know, the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, and this is their mantra now to take the mind off of Pizzagate. And I was listening to these talking heads the other night on PBS, and, well, you know, they've proven that Trump was involved with the Russians and they all hacked into the election. This was on PBS. And I'm thinking, did I go to sleep that day that they introduced that proof? There is no proof of Russian involvement, and and this brings me down to to Michael to, to to well to General Flynn. Guys, this guy got railroaded. Mm-hmm. He got railroaded to the nth degree. I, I can't even imagine that. And I was thinking this through. Why would the future, you know, director of national security? Why would he have a negotiation with? The Russians over the sanctions when they're going to be in office in a couple of short weeks and it'd be perfectly legal. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I could understand that the Russians are complaining bitterly. Hey, we don't know how long we can hang on. Obama's doing this. He's doing that. He's trying to provoke war. Hey, don't worry about it. We'll deal with it when we get into office. That's about as far as I believe this probably went. And what really concerns me, and I don't know if you covered this on your show last night, but what really concerns me is Flynn and Trump were private citizens when this came when this was going on. How in the hell does the CIA get away with wiretapping 
domestically American citizens, and no one's going to prison. And there it is. Not only that, it came out today, yesterday or today, that the CIA has been caught uh, monitoring and surveilling candidates for the, the presidency of France. Um, and that that information got well, but, but this is more disturbing because this is yeah. domestic. And, and Dave, you hit the nail right on the head. This is domestic, and, and this uh, I, I, lo- I love this. You nailed it right there. Right, there. you said it all. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to go any further. And and here's what the bottom line is: there is a civil war right now in D.C. And the only thing that's not happening is bullets aren't being fired yet, and bodies aren't dying. But the political body count is piling up, and we've just seen the first salvo. And what I hope Trump does is I hope Trump gets out his wrecking ball and takes it over to Langley and just starts swinging it. He needs to demand the resignation of every domestically uh, stationed CIA agent, administration. He needs to get rid of them all, every one of them, and then re-interview and rehire on a case-by-case basis. I mean, these people are loyal to Obama, they are loyal to Clinton, and there is no room for this. My dad was in naval intelligence. There was a president he did not care for, and he told me, he said, I didn't get to decide whether I cared for this president. I had a duty to carry out in my role as a naval officer in intelligence. And he said, I didn't get to question anything. And how dare these people break our domestic laws of spying and then act so insubordinate and treasonous towards the president. This, this I'm outraged by this, and the CIA needs to have done to it what John Kennedy was going to do before they murdered him, which was to tear it apart piece by piece and break it into a thousand pieces. Yeah, and, and just to, to back up what you were saying about uh, Flynn, the FBI uh, reviewed the intercepted communications between Rush, the Russian ambassador and uh, General Flynn, um, and they said that they have found no evidence of any wrongdoing or illicit ties to the Russian government, that according to the U.S. officials inside of the FBI. And as you said, these, it, it, there was no crime committed here. There's no further investigation that's going to take place. And the real story is about these leaks. You know what, Dave, I said yesterday to uh, uh, Krauthammer, which, who I used to care for, I really don't care for that much anymore, said this is a, uh, a cover-up without a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a bunch of crap. He has no proof from which to say that. And he's trying to make a Watergate implication there where there is no proof on the table. It's just like this Russian thing. I mean, let's just put it out on the table. Trump, the Russians. You know, then you've got Flynn, the Russians. Well, you got Hodges, the Russians. Remember, yours truly accused right. of being a that's Russian right. subversive agent by the Washington Post because I dared to support Donald Trump. Yeah, they I'm tired named of the you. Russians. They named Dave Hodges as as a Russian agent. And, and you know what's funny about that? You remember the feud I had with the voice of Russia now Sputnik, and that went on for a while. I've written eighteen articles critical of Vladimir Putin, and I'm a Russian subversive agent. That's their fallback position. Right, and and by God, if anyone's listening to us tonight. And and you think there's an element of truth to this? You need to tune in to Doug. To you need to read Steve Quayle every day. You come to my site. You need to make the tour because you are woefully ignorant. 
There's no room for people to be believing this nonsense, and they keep trotting it out. And, and you know, here's the thing I told somebody today. The big liberal defending Hillary should be president. We wouldn't have these scandals. And I said, really? I said, I'd want to hear the transcript of the recorded conversation between Flynn and the Russian ambassador. I want to hear that transcript. I'm not for sweeping anything under, because I said what you'll find is the allegations are the second and the 19th letter in the alphabet. And the other thing that you're going to find is we're going to implicate the CIA in committing multiple felonies, and it'll be out there in the open. Trump needs to prosecute these people. Sick sessions on the CIA right now and start delivering indictments. I, I agree with with what you're saying, Dave, and it's a it's a very it would be a very tall task, but obviously throughout you know many presidencies that I've witnessed, we have seen the the shadow government elements work through the you know these alphabet agencies specifically and especially the CIA. Uh, Robert Steele was on last week, and we talked about he talked about the many different areas of the CIA's operations, whether it was in the media, black ops. Uh, the economy, Wall Street, things like that, and the amount of influence that they have in all these uh, the most important areas of our of our country and, and critical infrastructure. I mean, they have their hands uh, in every pie, and as uh, Mr. Steele said, that there are some good people there, but there's a whole other side of the CIA that people don't know, and it's about sabotage, it's about spying, and it is doing nothing but damaging and, and destroying our, our national security and undermining the legitimacy of, of our republic. Well, the CIA and the part of it you're referencing, Doug, the, the shadow part, is about protecting the global drug trade that the elite and many of our top government leaders are involved in. It's also about protecting the affiliated and associated child sex trafficking ring. So here we are back to Pizzagate. And it's also about gun running. And it's all going to come out if we just keep pressing. They, they can't hide from this any longer. We have too many eyes on them and too much is coming out. And even if Trump goes away, we will go ballistic in the independent media and we'll whip the people up into a frenzy. And, and this is not going to end well for the elite. Now, the problem is, is I don't think it's going to end well for all of us because they're not going to accept the election results. They're not going to play by the rules. They're not going to follow the law. They're already showing that. I don't see there's any way that we don't get out of this without a fight. And I kind of resign myself to the fact that, you know, I'm a man of God and I'm a man of peace. But if this is what it's going to take to defend ourselves, because remember, these are the people who want to depopulate the planet, the people that run these organizations. They want 90% of it's gone. It's self-defense. And and we're getting to the point now to where each American is going to have to make a decision what side you're on. And I mean whether you be military or civilian, government contractor, or in a federal agency, you have to make a decision. Are you pro-Constitution? Are you pro the Christian foundations that built this country? Or are you evil and satanic and want to abuse children and do horrible things to them? You have to make a decision what side you're on. There is no sitting on the fence because the Civil War is here. Will it explode into a shooting war? I hope not. But we have a coup and a civil war going on at the same time right now in Washington. And we need to make a choice. And we are not doing any favors here by soft-pedaling this. You guys aren't soft-pedaling it. I'm not. 
And we need to call it out for what it is, guys. We are in the fight for our lives. God gave us a second chance when Donald Trump was elected. We got a reprieve from the Almighty. This is our last chance to preserve our future. Amen to that. You know, and uh, I, got, I, I just want to say this, Dave, uh, looking at the landscape of things, we uh, we can see that everything that's taking place against the American people, against Trump, is to me is by the shadow government. And this is all the um, uh, George Soros. Uh, it's tied to George Soros, but it's more than that. It's the Clower-Piven strategy, the Alinsky uh Mm-hmm. Arm as well, you know. The, this is step one, and, and uh, uh, Sherry Goodman wrote in the American Thinker today or yesterday is within the last twenty four hours anyway. Um, a George Soros led mutiny is the title, but uh, step one is to form a shadow government using humanitarian aid as cover. You got that via the Clinton Foundation, also Soros's various fundraising arms. Two is to control the airwaves, feed propaganda into existing radio and TV outlets. Done. Uh, destabilize the state, step three, weaken the government, um, and build anti-government hostility. Hey, we're seeing that now. So, I mean, you're, everything you said, and it goes on, but everything you said is exactly right. We're seeing we're seeing this take place. Um, and and we need to stand up. We, yeah, go ahead. Do you find it interesting that Fox is halfway telling the truth while the rest of the media is mired in their lies? Yeah. Would you make it? It's, it's dangerous because they, the, the, you know, lies can be identified, but when you, when you package lies into truth or put portions of truth into the lies, that's when it becomes really dangerous in my opinion. But, well, well Fox why has been more accurate out? than, than other networks. Yeah. And I'd say it's partisan in nature. Well, well Tucker Carlson, uh, he was, um, the other night he was really making an issue out of the CIA doing domestic spying. And he eviscerated uh, Representative Gallegos, who's from my home state here in Arizona. I mean, he, he left him with his tongue wagging on the floor because he wouldn't, the, the, the congressman would not address the substance of issue. He wanted to address allegations without proof against Trump, but he wouldn't deal with what we already know to be true that the CIA is breaking its own rules and federal law to boot. So, you know, we have them on the run. And we have the media on the run. We have the Democrats on the run. Uh, the, a lot of the Democrats I talk to aren't identifying with the Democratic Party. They're too radical. They're too extreme. And this scandal with Pizzagate is not exclusively Democrat, but it's I, I'm getting the sense it's primarily Democrat. Well, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, no, I th- well, I think it's across the board, but but you're, it's nonpartisan, but you're right. Exposure is, is showing to be more left leaning <sighs> now. But when you look at people like Denny Hassert, who is, uh, you know, Republican head of the uh, House of Representatives, <laughs> and um, some of these other political people, I think it, what we're seeing was due, it's from the left, due to the Podesta leaks and, and the Hillary email scandal and those things that were released. I think we only have. A, very small portion of the actual story, though. Yeah. But it's coming out. I, I, I mean, the total criminality. You just need to know where to look. Let me give you an example. You go to Duterte from uh, the Philippines. I wrote an article when he first got into office about his exchange with Obama, and the article got absolutely zero traction. I mean, no one wanted to read this. 
But I thought it was so significant because he executed 2,000 drug dealers within his boundaries under Philippine law. And it's his right to do it. I mean, I think the justice was a little harsh, but it was his right. And Obama criticizes him, was going to fly to the Philippines to meet with him and straighten him out. Now, why would the President of the United States care about a third world country executing drug dealers? You might say it's a little harsh, but boy, the world's a safer place now. Thank you. No, Obama wanted to straighten him out. Why? Because Obama is the facilitator and protector of these illegal activities. Pizzagate, drug trafficking, gun running. This is the Clinton Foundation. The same thing. And what we're finding now, Trevor Loudon is exposing it. Well, let me put it this way. Trevor Loudon exposed these associations with these uh, radical front groups for the Communist Party and the Muslim Brotherhood. But what I'm finding are these same names are popping up in the Pizzagate stories. It's just okay. one big, like, happy, perverted, incestual family. Yeah, continue with that if you'd like. I mean, as, as, as deep into that as you want to go or wherever you want to go with that. It's interesting. Um, well, you, Doug, you, you, did the, you, did the, you did the best job I have heard the last two weeks on my show. When you came on and named names, you're, you're doing what really no one else is doing. But I, I will tell you what I was told by a source today, and what I've already referenced, is that you want to talk about perverts? Let's have uh, Nancy Pelosi enter the discussion. Let's have Elizabeth Warren. It's not just tied to men. These women are involved, according to what I'm told. And by the way, this isn't just a Dave Hodges source. I'm reading this in other places. i got to believe there's some legitimacy to it because I'm seeing it too often. Maybe we are just repeating the same rumors, but I don't think so. And and then, of course, we get into Al Franken, as in Frankenstein, which is what he is when he's around children, from what I understand. And Al Franken, sue me, because i got a lot of people calling you a pervert. And I'm repeating what I'm told. And he is tied to front groups for the Muslim Brotherhood. He is tied to the American Communist Party. They had people go door to door for him when he was running office from the Communist Party. And he's, like I said, he's with these front groups. So those are just a few of the names, guys. It's incredible how high this scandal goes. But let me share with you what I did when Jerry Sandusky's thing was going on. What, when I first thought with Jerry Sandusky, he was a pervert that got away with something for a very long time. But then I found out about Ray Greikar, the DA of Center County in your home state in Pennsylvania. And he turned down investigating Sandusky until a woman played tapes for him over the phone. And he started to look into it. Well, they found his car at a convenience store. The FBI found his laptop so damaged, so they say, that they couldn't pull any information off of it. And they never found Mr. Greikar. And they waited six years to declare him dead. Now, this is a county DA that was murdered who was looking into these crimes. It wasn't Sandusky. He doesn't have the wherewithal to get someone whacked like that and covered up that well. This was an organized hit. That's what got my attention about the Sandusky case. I go, uh-oh, this goes a lot farther than a pervert hiding behind Penn State University. This went into the provost office at Penn State. It went right to the top of Penn State. Their board of trustees were involved. I mean, the, 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 and by the way, then they took that trail and shut it off. 
Then you had some of the people that were on the board of directors, and I don't have my notes in front of me, and I would name names if I did. And by gosh, if I didn't trace them into the governor's office of Pennsylvania, as well as to certain members of Congress. By the way, some of the same people that Trevor Loudon is identifying. But the trail went cold. And I had this discussion with Paul Preston last night as we were talking about this on a broadcast. And he said, this is so typical, Dave. Trails go cold. We come back. We reopen. We take it farther. We get more info. Guys, I'm absolutely convinced that Sandusky in the second mile, um, I, I, I know they're tied to Pizzagate. You can feel it in your bones. Enough names are appearing. We can start to make reasonable accusations. Uh, could I prove it in a court of law? I don't think so yet. But I also am of the opinion that Sandusky's kid was whacked. In other words, he wasn't set up. They just caught him doing what the pervert always does. And who whacked him? I'm going to believe it was the Trump administration. And what I think is going on is I think they're going to try to turn the Sanduskies into state evidence. And that's just a hypothesis. But, you know, they whacked him for a rather low-level crime and then gave it tremendous publicity. Now, I'm not saying it's not a serious offense to solicit kids for oral sex who are underage, but right. it wasn't it wasn't the kind of perversion we see with Pedogate. Um, it's a little bit, it's a lot worse. And I think, when I look at this, my gut tells me I smell a Jeff Sessions in this or somebody connected to Trump who said, let's whack this guy legally and see if we can't turn him and we'll start turning over the, you know, the hidden bodies here and we'll get to the bottom of this from that angle. And, and I, and I think this is what we're going to see. Very interesting. And wow. Another angle to look at this, and I would urge everyone, folks, go to the commonsenseshow.com. It's linked off of our website. Um, and, and take a look at the array of articles that Dave has up, and of course his YouTube channel, his uh, daily updates, which are incredible, as well as his Sunday show, which, uh, uh, wow, thank you for allowing me to be on the last two weeks as well, Dave. I gotta say that. But you, it's my distinct just, pleasure to have two gentlemen on from the best radio show in America. Yeah. So the pleasure is all mine. We'll, we'll appreciate that. All right, folks, we're going to be right back. Our guest this hour, Dave Hodges, uh, com. It never, I mean, you, you know who Dave Hodges is. No introduction necessary, but, uh, obviously just at the tip of the spear with respect to the, uh, uh, the investigations that he's doing. An interesting article too about, uh, on the Common Sense Show about, uh, is, Pence setting up uh, Trump for impeachment. And, and circles, everything kind of circles back around. Everything's kind of hovering over what we're talking about, what Dave is talking about. Very interesting indeed. TheCommonSenseShow.com is Dave's website. We're right back. Stay right where you're at, folks. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Wink Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman Hagman Report, our very special guest, Dave Hodges, CommonSenseShow.com, telling it like it is, freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. I like that uh, tagline. Um, I'll tell you what, Dave Hodges is on the trail all the time. He's on the case all of the time, all of the cases. They're, they're out there. Dave, did you, did you catch up? Trump's uh, press conference today, all the parts of it, any of it, uh, did you? No, I was tied up in a meeting, um, but I did read about it. Yeah, um, that was, I'm going to give Mr. President, who I'm totally on his side, I'm all in, but I think he should be wary and adhere to the words of Theodore Roosevelt. Speak softly and carry a big stick. Yeah. And, and get off Twitter. I mean, if you want to say something important on Twitter because the media is twisting your message, great. But don't react to every little negative nuance out there with a tweet because it's going to habituate on the American people and they're going to tune him out. He yeah, needs to I, I save his tweeting for the big that. things. Yeah, I, I've you know I've got a Twitter account and I just uh, frankly I got to tell you I, I I don't have the time to 
sent to me. I, I just, I, I don't think about it, but yeah, I've never, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, uh, environment when you have the, the president sending out what messages limited by 140 characters or whatever they are. Um, wow. It's amazing stuff. But yeah. well, today he he I just I'm looking at this right here, Doug. He tweeted out, you know, low life leakers. Okay, I know they're low life leakers. He's right. Don't waste your time tweeting. Sit down with your attorney general and start writing indictments. There you go. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's I, I what think, I want to see. And I think I think all of America wants to see that. Um, when is the perp walk going to take place with these people, the these swamp creatures? You know, when when are the Soros-backed uh, people going to be let out under charges of sedition? And uh, you know, when you look in the Oxford dictionary, the Oxford dictionary, it defines mutiny as an open rebellion against uh, the proper authorities. And I think we're seeing that uh, take place here. It's uh, synonymous with revolt and riot. Turn on the television. Anytime you see riots, the hashtag resist. All of these are subgroups of Obama, Clinton, Soros, the same people. When are we going to fight back? And that's, I'm amazed, by the way. I don't know about you. Are you amazed? I'm amazed how many uh, people care are carrying the water for these resist communist revolutionaries that we see out there. Millennials for revolution. Uh, you know, these the disrupt J20. Uh, uh, Resist, I'm not, so on. I'm not surprised. You're not because I watched. My son made me watch Mark Dice YouTube channel last night, uh-huh. and one of the things he did, <laughs> we're still laughing about it. He went to the beach. It looked like Santa Monica, and he um, asked people. He said, um, "What year did Jesus die?" And people were giving answers I like 1300. Did you yeah. see that? Oh yeah, and who's the vice president and. Or who's Joe Biden? Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Mean, and then, just, and then, uh, uh, would Jesus still be alive if there had been gun control? That was another one. He asked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> so to answer your question, Doug, when are we going to rise up? Well, <laughs> when those people pull their head out of where the sun doesn't shine and start realizing that they maybe should pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, and what's interesting is he does a lot of those. One of my favorite ones that he's done. Is he's had a, I believe it was either a tenth ounce or maybe it was a whole ounce gold coin, and he offered people the ounce gold coin or a candy bar, and I don't know how many people, if any, took the gold coin, but everyone he showed on his videos took the candy bar. That's why the Federal Reserve is still in existence. Yeah, I mean, just the the level of uh, of stupidity is is amazing. People are so engulfed in their own world in their own circles and in their own cares they have no idea what's going on in the outside world and then to make it worse this resistance movement that we see are filled with these kind of people they don't even know why they're angry and it's just very alarming you know that's another video i've seen where um why are you protesting uh because uh, i don't know and that's the yeah. kind of answer you're getting from these people well because george gave me 18 dollars an hour to do it yeah. yeah, just that's yeah. the kind of kind of logic that we're seeing, and we're we we are almost hopelessly dumb, but not everyone is dumb. But some of us who aren't dumb are hopelessly lazy. 
And to have knowledge without action, you may as well not have any knowledge. And uh, and here's what I'm going to lead to. People ask me, well, what can we do to help Donald Trump? Well, there may be a day when we have to pick up the guns and defend ourselves, because I do think that they're going to come after all of us at one point in time, because they're not going to accept you know, what we want to do. But on the other side, until that day happens, you could put constant pressure on your congressmen and senators, and you don't have to look for a reaction. You're having an effect. They're not going to show you an effect. Email, call, and you know, support Trump's free trade revisions. Support Trump's tax plan. Uh, support pers- prosecuting the CIA for illegal domestic spying. Um, if the average person would do that, Congress would fall into line because they're such political prostitutes. They want to get elected, and if they think the people are paying attention, they would have to start doing the right thing. True, and I think that works. You know, the other side's doing that right now. And I've noticed because part of surveillance of the uh, of the uh, opposition is, or part of handling the opposition is surveillance. I've noticed that right now the call is to any town open uh, open town hall meetings. Uh, there are there are gatherings where there's organized resistance against the uh, GOP conservative, not GOP, but conservative candidates, um, and we're seeing that gel up. And there's an organized resistance there. So, uh, yeah, so we need to do the same thing, but do it harder and a lot wider. We have them on the numbers, but uh, well, we but, have a chance. Know, we have yeah, a we chance, do. Doug. We do. Let me give you an example. I got a uh, mysterious email from this uh, very nice lady I talked to named Danielle Arama. And um, she said, I- I'd like to talk to you because you have some interesting views on technology and facial recognition and blah. And she didn't say what she wanted this for, so I, she said, can I call you? I said, okay, here's my number. And uh, she talked to me for about 15 minutes, and she goes, well, how would you like to go on the air? And I go, go on the air with who? And she said, MTV. And uh, we're setting up a time to do a pre-record where I'm going on MTV. A man of my age going on MTV. That's amazing. Uh, but Rock here, here's on. the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> but the the point is this, is that, you know, some people say, well, why would you go on such a network as that? That has nothing to do with what you do. And I'm thinking, well, maybe we'll get two million people see a side of the world that they're not familiar with. And uh, maybe out of that 2 million people, maybe 20,000 of them will say, I want to know more about this. And they start to realize how they're being lied to and deceived. And what I'm saying is you have to take the moments of opportunity. I don't think you know the average listener right here is going to get a call from MTV, but your neighbor is going to ask you a question. And if you don't beat them over the head with your philosophy and just say, well, this is how it affects me, does it affect you? And and this is what we need to start doing. We need to do grassroots networking and also, at the same time, as I mentioned, put pressure on Congress. This is the best thing we could do for Donald Trump right now. And then if we wanted to really go rogue, we go kidnap George Soros and put him in prison where he belongs. I don't do we know where he, we just conduct a citizen's arrest. I don't know where he's exactly. at. Do you know where to find him? No, no. I, I want I want to flip an address for this idiot. Uh, I, I know he's got what he's got the New York address and he's got some place in Budapest, I think. But uh, he's uh, probably hanging out at some orphanage, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, Dave, I mean, look, let's, I'm going to turn over, we're, we're going to turn over to you, uh, to, to take us where your investigative senses are taking you because you're, uh, well, you're yeah, Jerry, Jerry Brown, and I've covered a lot of the Cal Exit stuff, and I've taken the conspiracy and the politics out of the situation in California involving the Oroville Dam. I have plenty to say, and believe me, when the crisis is abated, and hopefully no one is harmed and the property is still intact, I'm going to start singing like a canary because I know exactly why Governor Brown ignored these people in California with this dam up until the moment of crisis. And he would never have come out. And I'm going to repeat to you what Paul Preston told me. And he's a very well-known talk show host up in Northern California, Agenda 21 Radio, Red State Talk Radio, lots of AM stations. And he and I did a couple podcasts together. I wrote some articles and they went fairly viral. I mean, 200,000 people saw the first article I wrote on the Norville Dam. And um, that I was told that forced Jerry Brown out. He was ignoring the press, refusing comment. But it's really bad what's happening up there. Let, let me share with you what I know. The This is no secret. The two spillways are on the verge of collapse. And Paul and I were among the first to report that. And if the spillways go, see, then the water comes back and starts cutting through the dam like a, a, a buzzsaw. And it will, it will find the path of least resistance and where the least structural integrity is and start to have breaches in the hull. And that's why you need the spillways to relieve the pressure. And this dam has been compromised for 12 years. And Jerry Brown got billions of dollars when he came into the governor's office seven years ago to fix this, and he used it to basically spend it on programs for illegals. Although I will say this, he would have done a lot if nothing but illegals lived in that Sacramento Valley. But here's the logistics. If this dam breaks, and I've now talked to Army Corps of Engineer, I had a man, in fact, I published his letter this morning who used to work in this field, um, and what I'm told by people, if this dam breaks, and it could, because we have seven days of rain that are coming through that area now, and if that dam breaks, it's going to break out at between 70 to 80 miles an hour. In some places in the canyon where it drops off, it'll crest at 100 feet. It'll crest everywhere else at about 30. There'll be towns that will never come back. They'll just flat disappear from the face of the earth. And that water will reach Sacramento. Now, I've gotten varying um, reactions to this. That water will reach Sacramento, and I've been told 30 minutes, assuming that it maintains the speed, and the outside is two hours. Uh, the levees in Sacramento, and I reported on this, and this is directly from Channel 3, I believe it's KCHR in Sacramento. I put a video up on uh, the article I wrote on this, the first article, and they said the levees are failing. They evacuated South Sacramento and parts of Walnut Grove because the levees are going to fail. This is going to be worse than Katrina because if this dam breaks, not only are you going to destroy 200,000 people before you get to Sacramento, the Sacramento great, the city area is 500,000, but they have a million and a half to about 1.7 million in the general region. And these levees fail what will happen is this crested flood water will mix with the water from the American River and from the Sacramento River because the levees have failed, and I was told that you'll see a crest of 25 feet inside the city. People aren't surviving that. And this could be this could make Katrina look like child's play. Now, 
I, I'm hopeful that they're going to be able to mitigate the damage and they're going to be able to lower the water levels, although I was told today by an inside source that they're not getting the water level drop they wanted. They felt it had to be down 50 feet before the rains came in, and they're down 8 feet, although they're yeah, eight, Jerry eight Brown's office, 8 feet, yeah. And Jerry Brown's office is lying to the public about this. And the National Weather Service has forecasted three major storms lasting seven days to come through one right after the other. And if the water is warm, it will cause the snowpack to melt and greatly increase the amount of water that that dam has to hold. Most of the people up there told Paul Preston, he's got inside because he's got press credentials, and he's been told privately they don't believe they're going to be able to keep the dam intact. And he, about half the people, from what I understand, believe the dam's going to fail in the midst of these rainstorms. And then there's the other half that says, we may get through this, but when the snow runoff starts for real in the spring, that's when we're going to really have a problem, and we don't know if we have time to repair all of this. So this is a catastrophic event. And I've been going ballistic, and this is why I'm not talking conspiracy theories, because believe me, when you talk Jerry Brown, you're talking Cal Exit, you're talking political motivation here, and I'm not going there until the people are safe. I don't want to take attention off what needs to be done, and what needs to be done is we need to keep putting pressure on so they evacuate the people. Now, they did evacuate 200,000 people. The Butte County Sheriff issued a mandatory evacuation that was countermanded by the Department of Water Resources, a state department run by Jerry Brown, and they changed it. Now, by the way, they said they rescinded it. Not quite. They changed it from mandatory evacuation to making it optional. So they didn't remove the word evacuation from their official order, but they had the 200,000 people out. Now, here's the scary part. It took 10 to 12 hours to evacuate 200,000 people to high ground. That's for 200,000. If you got 1.5 million down there in the greater Sacramento area, how long are you going to need to evacuate them, especially if the levees are going to fail? June. This is scary, Doug. This is, this is human catastrophe in the way. Now, maybe nothing will happen, but based on what I've described for you, shouldn't they be evacuating just in the interest of playing it safe? You would think so. I mean, with the, there's a number of things going on there that due to the fluctuation in the water levels, there have been a few earthquakes that have been reported today, uh, underneath the, the, uh, Lake Oroville, as well as the rains you talked about there. And, and I believe with just one of the storms, they're expecting 11.5 to a foot or 11.5 inches to a foot of rain. And they are expecting rain for, you know, as you said, one storm after the, the other for the next seven days. Plus the snowpack that you talked about. So, uh, you know, we saw the story really, you know, make head, headway earlier this week, and then it kind of died off, even though the dangers continue to to be there and, and increase with these storms. So, uh, you know, to let people back in, um, you know, that's a call that that they might regret. And some people I, I, I read yeah. don't go back, aren't going back in. Uh, who, who were I published a Facebook post by the Butte County Sheriff, uh, at least excerpts of it, and he said something to the people who have special medical needs. He said, I recommend you not come back. And basically to everybody else, and I'm paraphrasing now because I don't have it in front of me, but essentially what he said was, you know, don't get too comfortable because we may have to evacuate again. And that tells me he wasn't on board with the uh, Jerry Brown decision to, to take back the mandatory evacuation order. Uh, it's just Jerry Brown trying to get people to go back to sleep. 
and they're not doing anything. What they're doing is they're dropping boulders in to try to shore up the breaches on the spillways. Well, the spillways are given way because underneath of them is earthen uh, land, and they're not going to be able to stop the spillways. That's going to put all the pressure on the dam itself. And so the dam will be weakened just by that. And the dam has already been, um, the water's already crested over the dam a couple of times now. A lot of people, when I tell people that, they go, really? Yeah, really, guys, it's been in the news. Uh, the water has crested over. Now, the water has receded somewhat, but they haven't got it down to that 50 feet. And I've been told, too, that 50 feet isn't even enough. With the structural integrity of the dam as it is, 50 feet is not enough. And here's the really bad news. I've also been told, and Paul's been told the same thing, that this dam is not the only dam that's in trouble. Now, this one is the most in trouble, but other dams in Northern California are also structurally inferior. So this isn't just a one-time deal. Well, with Hmm. the... um it's amazing to, to think with all the tax money that we that is paid and, and uh, collected by the IRS record numbers every quarter, every month, that they would not put some of the money back into fixing the infrastructure, especially with the warnings they received about um, the possibility for, for damage and, and decay of this dam. Oh, what was it, over 12 years of warnings? Well, you wrote or talked about this or wrote about this, the very same issue, Dave. I mean... Yeah, I did. And, and, you know, you're, you're, you're going to make me go all the way with this. <laughs> and it's okay. Maybe I should. Um, when I first covered this area, by the way, is the state of Jefferson area. The people who are sick of being picked on by the EPA and the BLM and having their water compacts destroyed. 150-year agreements, totally abrogated by Jerry Brown. And so their answer was to take 21 counties in southern Oregon and northern California and create the 51st state, the state of Jefferson. And they're going about it the right way. They're going about it legally, unlike CalExit. And Jerry Brown obviously hates these people because this flies against his CalExit plan to make California an independent country. And it doesn't stop there. I was interviewing people three years ago when I first found out about the state of Jefferson, and I said, well, why does the Jerry Brown and the EPA want to destroy all your dams? They wanted to take out the Klamath dams in southern Oregon. They wanted to take out this dam we're talking about now. And I and I said, why do they want to do it? And they go, because they want us off our land. They want us to farm. They don't want us to ranch. And I said, well, what will happen? Will it be one big lake? They says, no, it will eventually recede, Dave, but nothing will grow but algae. And I had a holy, you know what, moment because I saw this before. And I covered the Gulf oil crisis. I wrote a seven-part series called The Great Gulf Coast Holocaust. And what I found is why they used Corexit to try to treat the oil spill. Uh, Corexit forces oxygen into the water column and nothing grows but algae. And then what we started seeing after the fact is algae farms, which is the new biofuel craze, started cropping up along the coast in the Gulf, and your usual cast of characters, such as Al Gore and Valerie Jarrett and all these people whose names were showing up as being part of this. And I thought, I wonder if they're taking out the dams in Northern California and Southern Oregon because they want to turn it into an algae hub for biofuel. And, you know, guys... If you ask me what I really think, 
Yeah, I don't know if the Oroville Dam is actually, this is actually what they had planned, but they planned to take all these dams down. And they planned to flood people out of their farmland. And they planned to destroy all farming in that region. And nothing would have grown but algae. And so that's one motivation that I see. And some of the land would be evacuated but might not be algae infested. And then your thinking is, well, who's working with Jerry Brown and CalExit? It's the Chinese. It's the Bank of China. It's a lot of other people, too. We have embedded sources at these meetings. And who's been buying up, like, land in the San Joaquin Valley where the two-inch smelt fish forced so many farmers off their land because they couldn't irrigate? The Chinese came in and did this. And the thinking is, is on the periphery, the Chinese will also buy up flooded farmland that's not algae infested. And there's another mo- so there's another motivation for Jerry Brown to carry this out. I think the Oroville Dam, though, is not a planned event. A lot of people want to think that. I think it's a crime of opportunity. That that, that would be my best guess. And, and this is why Jerry Brown has not moved to shore up the dam. Um, I mean, do you realize he's playing with the lives of almost 2 million people? That's what this comes down yeah. to. Now, I wasn't going to talk about conspiracy, but you took me right there. So right, um, we, we had to, because you're so good at this, and you're you're good at uncovering the, these things. I love it. I mean, this is what well, you, you do, don't. So. People don't know. I've come to appreciate mostly because of Paul Preston's pointing me in the right direction. But I've I've come to appreciate how purely evil Jerry Brown is. Obama and Soros. And that whole crew, they have Hillary Clinton, they have nothing on Jerry Brown. He's just as evil as the rest of them. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Do I think he cares if if you have 100,000 people die? No. No. He doesn't uh, give a flying it, it, flip. That's the pathological aspect, the, the cycle, whatever clinical term is applicable here. None of these people care. It's amazing. Well, there was a study done about uh, basically what we might call sociopathic behavior. 3% of the population has it. 6% of politicians estimated to have it. 12% of CEOs. That kind of explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Wow. Yeah, it's a crazy time we live in. Indeed. So I'm saying yeah. prayers for the people up in Northern California. I, I know people up there. Um, you know, Paul Preston is, I believe, evacuating either tonight or in the morning, as a lot of people are self-evacuating because they know they can't trust this governor. And yeah. uh, the other thing that Jerry Jerry Brown did, too, he came in and he replaced all the non-union workers, which were all the local guys, with union workers on the dam. And the local guys were telling the truth to the media. This is why I think he did it. And he brought in people he could control, state union workers, to work the dam. So now they're trying to cut down on the amount of news leaks that are going out. Let me ask you a question, Dave. If you were in the path of this dam, would you move or, you know, evacuate? I, I Yes. And if I was a political official, I would order a mandatory evacuation for the whole region uh, until we see how the dam holds up in these seven days of storms. And then we could go back in and reassess and see if it's safe to come back. But right now, there's a question mark over the whole process. I'm not going to sit here and say the dam's going to fail, but the dam could fail. Right. And do you really want to take that risk with this many people's no. lives? 
I gotta tell you, no, man. And, and, the, uh, thanks for your measured, uh, measured responses and, and assessments on this. This is good stuff. Wow. I can't believe we, we, an hour already. This, you know, we, we, Dave, you, you, the three of us could sit down, we could talk all day and record this all day and, and just. And yeah, you and Joe are the melody and I'm the harmony, right? <laughs> I, I prefer you acapella, but, uh, anyway, whatever that means. I'm not even sure what I, I know what that means, but anyway, uh, yeah. Well, stay tuned Dude, this thanks. Sunday. I want to get this plug in. Uh, yeah. Joe is going to be my guest, and I'm sure between we're not we don't know what we're going to talk about because who knows what's going to happen between now and Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Dog on right, but all right, brother. Right. We're looking forward to it, Dave. The Common Sense Show. Yeah. The Common okay, Sense Show. Com. Uh, God Good. bless you, Dave, and look forward to talking to you soon. Pleasure to be on the best show in America. Appreciate it. Yeah. Dave Hodge is always a crowd pleaser, folks. The Common Sense Show dot com uh, Sundays, and his his uh, daily briefs on on YouTube. Yeah, uh, go to watch YouTube those. Yeah, and subscribe to his YouTube, The Common Sense Show on YouTube, and uh, he's been doing a lot of those each and every day. When we come back from the break, we will have with us Anthony Patch from AnthonyPatch dot com, expert. Yeah, so stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these short messages. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. But what Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a thing, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Perhaps you're a business out there, a small business. Would you like to extend the reach of your business? I bet you would. Would you like to, to have the same opportunities as companies such as Omaha Steaks and Pro Flowers and Casper Mattress? Some of the bigger companies out there, would you like to have that same power? Advertise on our program. Go to HagmanandHagman.com or send an email to opportunities at HagmanandHagman.com. If you go to HagmanReport.com and HagmanandHagman.com, there's a link where you can, you can, you can, it's a big red box. You'll see it. You'll see it. Click on that link. And go ahead and read the benefits that we have created for you. I think it's I think it's a fabulous opportunity. For investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash... 
trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Boy, we got a, just a great guest for you, Anthony Patch from anthonypatch.com. Uh, talking about a number of things. Gonna, gonna start off talking about a man who knows the Oroville Dam area very well personally, Anthony Patch. Before we get to him, let me ask you a question. How you feeling? Yeah, how you feeling? I want to know. Uh, we've never felt better, actually. Go to healthmasters.com. Check this out, folks. Okay, look. They've got Actually, two. Healthmasters.com has actually got two uh, health packages, supplement packages, named after uh, me. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. Anyway, yeah, it's the uh, healthy blood sugar protocol and uh, the immune system. But I'm going to tell you something. We take Healthmasters nutritional supplements. Here is the proof. I don't know how much. I mean, seriously, aside from me actually opening the bottle, which I've done and see, we do take them. I do take them. This is the ultimate uh, multiple vitamin. Uh, it's going to be hard to take and talk at the same time. But having said that, uh, I would urge everyone to go to healthmasters.com. Get their ultimate multiple at the very least. If you do nothing else, if nothing else, the ultimate multiple. But but check out the healthy immune system uh, as well as the blood sugar protocol. So many people with, with type 2 diabetes today, you can fix that. And the B-complex is just absolutely incredible for energy. And the cortisol buster, this is brand new. The cortisol buster just really, it, 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 it uh, does a, a number of things. Cortisol in your body, you can look, look it up what it does. But with respect to cortisol buster, it levels out things. It, it, it provides you with mental acuity. And it also gives you the uh, ability to rest at night, fall asleep. It's both a uh, kind of a focus factor kind of thing, as well as a, at the end of the day, lets you sleep and rest well. Cortisol Buster, excellent product. But all of the supplements from healthmasters.com, use Doug5 at checkout. That's D-O-U-G-5 at checkout. That's healthmasters.com, Doug5. Our guest this hour and for the rest of the show is Mr. Anthony Patch. Folks, go to his website, anthonypatch.com. He's been a guest on our show uh, several times in the past, and he is the author of a number of books, 2048 Diamonds in the Rough, Covert Catastrophe uh, is another one of his books, and uh, Revising Reality. Um, Revising Reality is a tremendous book. Yeah, and what Anthony does is uh, he he's an expert on CERN and the technology that CERN is using and is putting together, um, and we're going to talk about what they're doing, why they're doing it, uh, as we progress into the interview. Uh, Mr. Patch, welcome to the show. During the break, we were talking about um, that you lived near the, the Oroville Dam and have some inside information as to what's going on. 
Yeah, I appreciated the interview you had with Dave Hodges, and I just wanted to just add a little bit of a footnote to that. Um, I lived about 10 miles upstream from the dam itself um, until just recently, and I still maintain, of course, a lot of contacts there. And part of what I'd like to add to the discussion is the fact that there have been a number of major landslides on the two interstates that move essentially upstream or uphill from the dam location itself, which are evacuation routes. And that's Interstate 80 heading to Truckee and Interstate 50 to South Lake Tahoe. And over the course of the last week, they have had um, intermittent and even significant landslides occur there, blocking, in most cases, the westbound traffic coming down the hill. But it also has the potential for the uphill or eastbound traffic, which would be the evacuation route. So we have not only the issue with the, the flooding in the downstream side, but the evacuation routes being blocked. And in the area of Nevada County, which is just uphill, um, Auburn and Grass Valley, uh, those areas are heavily impacted in terms of evacuees already in those areas. So additional evacuees would really put a lot of pressure on that uphill area if they can get there. Any thoughts on uh, people being re- already being told they can return uh, back to their homes. I know that they had the 200,000 evacuation and they kind of, they walked that back and there's the dangers of the storms coming in and the snow melt and, um, fears that with these new developments that there could be much more massive problems than they had originally. Yeah, I think the, uh, problems will occur in another two weeks. I think people should be, if I were living, living in those evacuation areas, um, like Dave said and, um, Paul Preston, um, I would move in, get my valuables, and move right back out. And I think that two weeks from now when we start seeing the accumulation of the um, water that is running off the watershed from the watershed, which is a huge, massive area, we're not even talking about snowmelt. We're just talking about rain at the low elevations. I think there will be enough accumulation of water from that watershed in the next two weeks, it will force an evacuation, and this time a larger evacuation. And I agree, 50 feet is not enough um, of a water level drop to take the pressure off this earthen dam. And real quickly, I think that the issue started with the concrete spillway, the primary spillway, which has a maximum um, cubic feet per second capacity of 250,000 CFS. Um, to my knowledge, they've not increased the flow to that maximum level. The thing that really bothers me is that on Tuesday, before the evacuations, they had um, detected some cracks in that concrete spillway, which then produced a sinkhole. And if you were to look at the initial photographs face on to that spillway, you would notice to the right, which is the south side of the dam, or south side of the spillway, that there was soil erosion already present outside the concrete walls of the spillway. It appears that the erosion taking place outside the spillway undermined and created a sinkhole beneath the concrete of the spillway, thus causing this issue. But the spillway itself is for, um, it's, it's for, I want to say, um, press um, sensationalism. The issue is not the concrete spillway. It's already damaged and it's already flowing, I think, what they can uh, maximize out of this, out of the water, out of the reservoir. The issue is 
you and Doug were talking about and Dave Hodges is the auxiliary or so-called emergency spillway to the north. And Cal Fire was ordered by the water department, the water district, to remove the trees and vegetation just on the downhill side of that earthen spillway, which is concrete-faced, but it's earthen. The issue is they removed the vegetation, stating that they didn't want that entering into the Feather River below. What this does is remove the vegetation that could hold that soil below the dam. By not having that soil intact below the emergency spillway, you virtually guarantee the undermining through scouring that occurs when the water hits the base of the dam when it overflows. The scouring out at the base of the dam will then continue downhill to this open area that's been denuded, and thus it will guarantee, in my mind, the loss of any integrity at the northern end of the dam. Don't worry about the concrete spillway end of it. That's not the issue. It's when the overflowing takes place again, I think, within two weeks at the latest of the emergency end of the dam, that that scouring will take place and that denuded area will erode and the whole thing will go. That could be, uh, that will be very bad if that does happen the way you say. So are you talking, okay, just so I'm, it's clear in my mind, are you talking about a complete breach of the dam, 100% breach of the dam? Yes, once that area, uh-huh. which is considered the emergency um, spillway, once that is lost, the entire dam will be lost. There's no way that you can maintain, and you've seen other earthen dams across the country that have been breached in a very small segment, a very small specified area of the dam that lets loose that then causes the further erosion of the entire dam itself. They were talking about a 30-foot wall of water on Saturday when they announced the mandatory evacuation that could be produced if that area of the dam were compromised. Well, a 30-foot wall is nothing compared to what would happen if the entire dam let loose. My big question is, why was CAL FIRE ordered to take away the vegetation from that area, thus ensuring that that soil would be carried away from the spillover on the dam and thus causing an eventual breach of the dam? Okay. Why? Seriously, why? I think it's purposeful. I think this goes back to the concrete spillway with the sinkhole. That was allowed to take place. Had they brought in the helicopters with the bags of stone and dropped it into the soil adjacent to the concrete spillway before the sinkhole was created, then we would have had a controlled release through the spillway at 250,000 CFS. We could have prevented the overflow at the emergency spillway end of the dam. But because they were worried about the integrity of the concrete spillway, they delayed opening the floodgates to maximum volume and thus triggering this whole sequence of events that's taking place. And now they're behind the curve because of the three storms that are on the way. They're behind the curve. They will never get ahead of the game. And if we have a warm tropical front, which we do during the wintertime in California, 
if we have a warm tropical storm that comes through at high elevations, at snow elevations, then it will melt the snowpack. That's a virtual guarantee that the dam will break. Well, so, and, and just to be clear, he's been in contact with, uh, well, people uh, on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is not just idle discussion. Now, this comes from my law enforcement and my emergency medical contacts in the area. Wow. And, and Jerry Brown, you know, Anthony, I, I'm looking at these people. If, if I was, if I was in charge of this, uh, and if anything happens, look, I don't know, but if anything happens, they better hold these people accountable, criminally responsible in my view. Before, before I think failures. I, accountability should be going on right now. Yeah. I don't think it's going to take a dam break. I think that there's enough evidence, photographic evidence, to show that there's criminal negligence going on here. Jeez, man. Yeah, you're playing with lives, property. The, 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 think about the just, I mean, the inconvenience and the, the sorrow behind everything is just immense, but think about the economic disaster this would cause this would have ripple effects across the world because of the just the uh, uh, property loss uh, there's not enough insurance reinsurance and uh, shared insurance uh, coverage that would uh, cover this hmm. well this would have a devastating effect to the agricultural yes. industry in California the bread basket of not only this country but the bread basket of the world as well I mean this is a huge agricultural engine and industry, and if you disrupt the water flow, I mean, we're compounding the problem with the drought that we've had in California for so many years. If you cut off the water storage, and if we look at other dams potentially having the same issues, such as Shasta up in the Redding area in Northern California, that's a that's a large that's a larger dam in terms of what its capacity is, the water capacity. And that's further upstream. That's at the that's at the headwaters of the Sacramento River. If that dumps into the Sacramento River, you take out the entire San Joaquin Valley, the breadbasket itself. Okay. I'm not saying that there's any in, issues of integrity with Shasta Dam, but we didn't know about the issues with Oroville until now. But there was a lawsuit brought five years ago by three agencies including one that was local to Oroville, and um, I think Greenpeace was one of them. And it was thrown out of federal court. And the what they were seeking was the um, increasing the integrity of the emergency spillway itself, that they wanted to add additional concrete to the emergency spillway and the downhill side exactly where they took the trees out. So they've exacerbated a known problem that was taken to court and thrown out. Wow. All right. To you, well, back to you. Yeah. Um, thanks <laughs> for the uh, yeah. It's the, the great update. What do we say? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And 
That's okay. All right. Wow. All right. Well, well Anthony Patch is our guest. Uh, Anthony, where do you want to go? Where do you want to start? Uh, well, we already started, but where do you want to go next or start uh, anew here? Well, you know, people have uh, heard a lot of discussions I've had about CERN, and that would be a natural place to go to. Um, kind of want to go through the calendar, the okay. calendar this year. Okay. And we can pick out different pieces out of that calendar because people like timelines, but I'm not a date setter. What I'm going to do is share with you the calendar from CERN and then the associated things that I have tacked on to that calendar that are going on in the rest of the world. And that involves the Vatican. All so right. you want to now it's there? Party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's rock. All right. All right. Well, what I'm reading from is CERN's, what they call their injector accelerator schedule. And this really tells you what the machine is going to be doing. And I'm just going to pick out a couple of things without getting too elaborate with it. May 1st of this year is May Day. That's in celebration of Axis Mundi. That is the axis of the Earth. That is the connection between heaven and Earth. So what we're talking about here in this discussion of CERN, and we'll be talking about with quantum computers as well, is the spiritual world, because that's what's at play with the physics at CERN. And this is all being directed through the Jesuit Society, of which the director of the Council of CERN and the director for engineering and computation at CERN, both are Jesuits. This is a Jesuit-led organization, and the calendar I'm sharing with you is built by the Jesuits. So when we talk about Axis Mundi and the connection between heaven and earth, we are talking about the discussion many times of connecting planets from CERN, specifically with Saturn. I find that fascinating. Uh, so the, the, the yeah. trying to connect, and we know that there's a, a hexagram on the on the one side of Saturn. And many believe it's a, a portal and a gateway. And, uh, for folks who might not be familiar with Anthony Patch or his work on CERN, uh, CERN is a, a, uh, particle accelerator that is in Switzerland. It's the biggest machine of its kind in the world. And I'm not even going to try to explain any more of the technical <laughs> aspects of it because I will just make a fool of myself. I'll leave that to you. But, uh, yeah, the spiritual world is something that I want to hit on. So when we get there, uh, because there are reasons why this is, uh, in the spiritual world, what they're not only trying to do is open up portals, but what we're seeing is what we saw or what happened back in in the beginning uh, after the creation, where um, you know, with the Tower of Babel and Nimrod, a one-world government trying to build a stairway or portal to heaven to overthrow God. Uh, this is where we're going with this. So I'm going to turn it back over to you, Mr. Patch. No, and I'll, I'll try to make my comment short because I would like to hear from you guys. Usually on your programs your guest is just running for several minutes in a discussion, and I would like to have more of a conversation with you gentlemen. We can do that. Okay. So we've got May 1st as May Day, and it is also in um, in France, in particular with the Labor Party, It's uh, they're calling for a day of strike, in fact, a worldwide strike on May 1st. Um, May 8th, with the collider itself, they will be firing up, so to speak, their newest collider, 
their newest accelerator, I should be more specific, which is called Awake. And that is a linear accelerator. It's only 30 meters long, but it's been conjoined with the 27-kilometer main ring of the Large Hadron Collider. They have two accelerators merged now since November of last year when they did their first startup with Awake. What this means by joining these two is you have a thousand-fold increase in the power derived from the collisions. And those collisions will be targeted, and I'll get to more specifics on time, but they are targeting the north area at the center point of the main ring, and that is where they will be introducing the DNA of Osiris, Nimrod, who built the Tower of Babel. The purpose of the DNA is resurrection. The purpose of CERN is resurrection of the dead. So if you want to jump in there. Is that uh, the resurrection of the dead? Are we talking um, spiritual beings or are we talking, uh, you know, demonic entities that used to inhabit human bodies? Are we talking about human beings? Like we're, not ta- we're not I mean, when you say resurrection of the dead, we're not talking about the actual, what, it, what one would say resurrection of the dead, dead. We're talking about something different, right? We are talking about the dead in the abyss. Okay. Because CERN is the doorway to the abyss. Okay. And they will be given the key to the abyss. So we are talking about back in the ancient times of Babylon, Sumerian, and also Egypt, in particular with Egypt, this was all their goal in the mummification of the kings and the gods for a later resurrection when the technology was available. Okay. So is this something like what we read about in Joel where um, there will be Joel's a fire? Army? Yeah, there will be a fire and uh, it talks about uh, the, the appearance of them as the, as the appearance of horses and as horsemen. So they run, they make noises like chariots, um, they shall run to and fro like mighty men. They shall climb walls like men of war. Um, they shall be thrust with a spear, but no sword shall pierce them. They shall not be wounded. Yeah, Joel's army. Yes, in addition, in addition to the locust army. All right. So when we get to that point, we know we're in the tribulation period. <laughs> are we going to see um, well, a setup to this? Are we going to are we going to have to see the, the the man of perdition reveal himself to be the antichrist before this happens? Or is this something that could happen before the Antichrist comes on the scene? Yes, I believe this is before the Antichrist is made known, that this is the resurrection not only of the dead in the abyss, but the resurrection of the spirit of the Antichrist. And one of the indicators of that is Revelation 12, September 23rd, when we see the birthing of Jupiter, of the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, many people are looking at Revelation 12 and relating it to perhaps the rapture. I'm not a date setter. It's conceivable. I I adhere to the doctrine of imminence when it comes to the rapture. But what I think is more specific to um, the birthing in the constellation of Virgo that we're watching in Revelation 12 is the spirit of the Antichrist being birthed and therefore the Antichrist later being revealed, following September 23rd, being revealed to us. 
Now, for, for folks that might not be huh. familiar, um, there is, on, on the 23rd of September, there is an astrological event. The What's talked about in Revelation with the woman clothed with the sun and the moon at her feet, there's going to be a conjunction where uh, if you look up in the sky, that's exactly what you'll see. And many people uh, using computer programs like Stellarium and other uh, astronomy programs say that this is the first time that this has happened or lined up in such a way where it matches with what Revelation says. Yeah, it's been 6,000 years since this last alignment, and it will be another 6,000 years, according to Stellarium's software, that we'll see this alignment. Uh, all right. And I would just say that, yeah. you know, I'm very, you know, the date thing, everybody knows, you know, not to set dates, no man knows the hour. But like the blood moons, like the jubilees, it speaks to the the signs of the times that we're in. Yes. And it's not to say that something is going to happen or that this is exactly what Revelation 12 was talking about, but it is very interesting when we see these events and they're happening, you know, in uh, proximity with this, you know, huge technological expansion uh, and the quantum computers, which we'll get into in a little bit because the advancements that they've continued to make there are, are unbelievable. But all these things seem to be happening at, in the same time and they, they continue to be condensing. Uh, as they continue to happen, which is cause for concern and, and cause for us to keep our eyes open. Yeah. It, you're, expe- you're you're expecting things to happen, though, right? I mean, it, it, because we haven't seen anything happen. If, if Well, let me back up here. We talk about CERN. Nothing's happened, right? Nothing's happened yet. <laughs> Depends on where you're looking. Well, well the, exactly. But, I mean... To the average person out there, nothing's happened. Right, right. Okay, so, go on. Yeah, no, the obvious question is, well, there's been a lot of discussion by myself and others for several years about their goal is to open a doorway, to open a portal. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because it's a matter of timing, and the timing is driven by their worship, their um, pagan belief, in the constellations and their reverence for what they see as their godheads, their deities in the heavens, specifically Orion, and um, now we have um, Virgo. But we have to keep in mind that this is their belief system. It is not the belief system of those of us that are Christians. And, and I, I love it. It's it's their it's their that's right. Belief is the driver of action. It's not what we believe. It's what they believe. And it's not right. our timetable. It's their timetable based on their system of worship and the dates and what have you. And I like I like how you put that, folks. Our guest is Anthony Patch. Go to anthonypatch.com. Joe, I'm going to kick it to you. Take yes. us out. Anthonypatch.com is the website. There you can uh, find links to a bunch of his uh, interviews that he's done. He's got pages of research that are yes. available for free. His YouTube channel, as well as the trailer for his books and excerpts from his Revising books. Reality, his book. Yeah. We'll be right back with, with Anthony Patch after these short messages. Stay with us. Excuse me. Thank you. 
Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it will, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. Uh, it's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? New Year from all of us at Training Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their health by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all, and may God bless America. Happy Happy New Year! This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Now until the end of the program is Mr. Anthony Patch. His website is anthonypatch.com. Check out some of his uh, his writings. His book that he co-authored with Josh Peck, Gonza Shimera, and Doug Woodward, Revising Reality, is available there, as well as his other books, uh, Covert Catastrophe, as well as 2048, Diamonds in the Rough. Uh, there's also on his website several links to research, as well as other interviews that he has done. Um, with with number of hosts, all very informative. And if you want to know and learn about CERN and the spiritual ramifications of CERN and what they're doing, 
go to Mr. Patch's website, anthonypatch.com, bookmark it, and take your time and read through some of the stuff that's in there. And if you're like me, you're going to get into it and get very into it and then get very confused by the technical aspect of some of this <laughs> stuff. Uh, I'm not a big math guy, Mr. Patch, um, but I do understand some of the concepts that you talk about, and the quantum computing is where it gets kind of confusing as far as the the abilities and whatnot. Um, I don't know where you want to start in this segment, uh, but if you if you have nowhere to, to, to start or nowhere specific you want to go to, um, or is CERN? I'll, I'll ask you this question to start out. How sure. About this? Sure. Okay, CERN is looked upon by many people, particle accelerator, trying to find dark matter, the stuff that scientists say binds us together because we're all made of tiny particles with with tons of space uh, between us, and nobody understands how we're we're held together, and how our reality is held together. Now, CERN is trying to find the, according to their official statement, is they're trying to find the dark matter that binds us all together and that fills, you know, however 80, 90% of the space around us and in our universe. But there is a much darker, more sinister spiritual agenda behind this, as we referenced in the, in the last segment of opening portals, uh, not only between the spirit world and the physical world, but between, uh, portals between planets. How does the the spiritual and physical world uh, merging compare to trying to uh, open portals between the planets, or is it really the same thing? Well, if we look at the Kabbalah tree, that gives us a clue as to what their belief structure is. The Kabbalah tree represents um, all of the planets in our solar system, and it represents those electrical connections as well as the spiritual connections. So the Kabbalah is central to their belief system and their goal of reconnecting all of the planets, um, spiritually as well as physically. If we step back from that to a larger picture, the pagan worship, let's say more specifically, the worship by the Egyptians, was of what is known as the terrestrial heaven. The terrestrial heaven is not only the Earth itself, but all the planets in our solar system. And so they assigned godheads and deities to each of the planets. And they worshipped the planets in their different aspects, whether they were male and female dual aspects or their aspects as to their their behavior, um, their personalities. And so the planets are represented by the Kabbalah tree. And that is the terrestrial heaven. And up until the time of Christ, the pagans were not aware of what is known as the celestial heaven, the heaven that exists beyond our solar system. And so they only knew the planets and therefore worshipped the sun, the moon, and the stars, as it says in Scripture, and that we are commanded not to worship the sun, the moon, and the stars the terrestrial heaven. The pagans worshipped them. What we were called to worship, of course, was God and Jesus Christ and their occupancy of the celestial heaven. So that differentiation, I think, will help people to quantify or put into some kind of a tangible representation um, why the planets are important to the pagans and why the planets are important to the people at CERN because their frame of reference is that terrestrial heaven. They're trying to breach the veil between the terrestrial heaven 
to gain access to the celestial heaven where God and Jesus Christ sit on the throne. So when we talk about opening a portal in a spiritual sense, that's the dynamic that's at play. It is moving from this terrestrial perspective to a celestial perspective. Now, I don't know. Um, uh, this next question might might be a little odd. The purposes of the portal, the, the portals, are they for the, the human beings? Because in my understanding, spiritual beings should be free to move about uh, if they're, you know, not uh, in the abyss, if they're not in hell, would be free to move about not only the planet, in my mind, but in, in our solar system. You know, we see in, in references in, in Job and other references in the Bible where the devil even go, comes to the throne of God and, and, and has conversations with him. Sure. So is this for the purpose of bringing this on the earth, or is this for the purpose also of um, bringing this to the, the physical human uh, uh, sight and in mind? Well, it's a two-way form of communication. It's allowing entities to come through to us that are, at this point, barred. It's allowing that, as we said earlier, that army from the abyss to enter our realm, our reality. They want to open the doorway to the abyss. That is their stated goal. But the other part of that, as you said, is for humans to ascend. In the New Age parlance, we hear of the Fifth Age, which... The fifth age is due, the age of Aquarius is due in September. We're moving from the Hebraic calendar date of 5777, 5777, to 5778 in September. That, according to Nostradamus, I'm not an adherent of Nostradamus, but I just cite it, September 9th is the birthing of the new age, the fifth age. That's the age of Aquarius. That's the golden age, the golden age of Kronos. Kronos being Saturn, the timekeeper. So what they're looking at is the ascension from the New Age perspective, the ascension of mankind through this portal to that celestial heaven, which was the, the goal of Nimrod in building the Tower of Babel was to reach to heaven. And it was that celestial heaven that he was trying to gain access to. It's the same agenda at play with CERN now, is for humans to ascend to that new level that the New Age practitioners always talk about in the Fifth Age, is moving to that celestial heaven through this portal. Okay. Select humans, though, right? I I mean, or... So, so I lose your so what you just explained was that we have, obviously we have... Uh, I think I've lost the signal. Can you hear us, Mr. Patch? Are, are we back? Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear us? Yeah, I lo- lost you for a few moments there. Okay, select humans, though. I, I mean, not all... Or, or, I mean, this is not a plan for all of humanity. This is a plan for the global luciferian elite right that the benefit that's correct the ben- oh yeah. yeah to clarify okay wow. and do they not think that uh do they think they'll be spared uh for doing this or rewarded for being you know the the tools that, that make this happen um, ah very good point this is to sidestep god's judgment 
Now, you guys know as well as I do that Lucifer knows the scriptures, knows the Bible better than you and I do. Mm-hmm. And he knows what's coming, and he knows that his time is short. And therefore, his goal is to not only, as I've said on this show before, in his hubris, his goal is to kill God and his angels, that warfare, if you will, with Michael and his angels, but it is also to sidestep judgment. He truly believes in his grand deception in his own mind that he can defeat God. Yep. You look at Isaiah, the, the five I wills, I will uh, exalt myself above you know the stars in heaven, I will be like the most high. Uh, and he, he goes through those things, and exactly that's what he, he says, and that's what they believe. So when you talk about the spirits that are, are locked up in the abyss that are attempting to be unlocked, this isn't for just the destruction of humanity. This is to prepare the armies of evil uh, to fight against God and his angels. That's correct. And we're That's just correct. in the way. We are cannon fodder. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Not a battle so, I'd want to be in the middle of. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you like to move on in the calendar just yeah. a little bit? Yeah. yeah, please. Okay, so we were at May 1st with May Day and Axis Mundi, the connection between heaven and earth that they will be celebrating at CERN. This is a this is CERN's calendar, and I'm giving you holidays that they're celebrating at CERN. So um, that's one holiday. The, the next one that I would highlight is in September, September 7th. Um, but just before I do that, I want to point out May 8th. May 8th is when that awake accelerator that's been merged with the main ring once again will be activated. So right after May 1st, they're going to fire up this new particle accelerator, and they will continue to do that until the 18th of December. They'll be running those two together, and we can get into the details of that later, but I want to jump to September 7th, and I cannot pronounce this because I don't speak French, but this is um, June Genevois. This is the date, the holiday, in Geneva, as well as in France, celebrating or respecting, acknowledging the massacre that occurred with St. Bartholomew. This goes to the Reformation. This is St. Luther. This is um, St. Bartholomew and Luther and the Reformation of the Church back in the 1500s. St. Bartholomew was skinned alive during this Reformation. And the reason that this is pertinent to our discussion of CERN is that St. Bartholomew is depicted in in the Vatican by Michelangelo on the... um, the, uh, Let me look at my notes here... Um, This was when the persecution of the Protestants took place in Lyon, France. But the last judgment in the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican, the last judgment is depicted in the dome by by Michelangelo of St. Bartholomew. And St. Bartholomew is depicted as a man holding his skin. He was literally skinned alive. And so... This ties back to my first comment about the Vatican being involved with CERN. CERN is celebrating 
They're taking the day off to celebrate the massacre and the martyrdom of St. Bartholomew and the reformation of the church. This all ties into the one world religion. What is going on with the Vatican, with St. Francis, is the merging of all of the Protestant religions with the Catholic religion, forming the one world religion. This all ties into the agenda at CERN because they want a one world government, which essentially that's what CERN represents right now is a one world government with the countries that are involved at CERN and the fact that it is like the Vatican, it is a separate entity. It is a nation state. CERN is. Same as the Vatican. The Vatican runs CERN, and they are trying to bring together this one-world government and one-world religion, and that is what is behind driving this agenda to open this portal at CERN. So go ahead and jump in there. Um, these dates that you're going through on the calendar, may, are, are these um, stepping stones that they're taking to get to a final place or is this calendar do they have a I guess my question is do they have a plan uh, a step-by-step plan or are they pushing limits to see uh, if it'll get them where they want to go and what happens if they miss something yeah well I I don't think that they're going to miss anything this has been very deliberate I think in the physics progression in the scientific progression they've hit all their landmarks they've been successful And according to Revelation 9, they will ultimately open the portal. They will be successful. And this is part of God's plan. He's allowing this to take place. This is a tool of judgment. This is going to backfire on these guys. But the portal will open because it is the doorway to the abyss in Revelation 9. But September 7th, this whole St. Bartholomew is a stepping stone towards September 23rd in Revelation 12. And the birth that is taking place, as I said, the um, the realization of the Antichrist spirit in the constellation Virgo. But there's a coalescence going on. There's a coming together in September. The Vatican is celebrating a 50th jubilee and a 500th jubilee and also the 100th anniversary of Fatima. This is all happening in September. And Pope Francis will be traveling to France, or excuse me, to Germany, to Wittenberg, Germany, in celebration of the 500th Jubilee. The 50th Jubilee will also be celebrated. And that has to do with Israel. But the um, 500th Jubilee is this St. Bartholomew discussion this is the re-reformation. It is the co-reformation. Co meaning the Protestant and the Catholic churches coming together in a co-reformation. They are trying to merge all of the re- re- religions together in September of this year. Uh. Now that coincides with what is going on at CERN. So you have the spiritual in lockstep development with the physics world. Will it ha- I mean, is it that clean of an event? 
maybe that's a wrong question or the wrong the improper way to ask that question. But is it would it would it be that clean of an event? Um, the, the uh, commingling of all world religions on the specific on the date certain. Do, do you know what well, I'm asking? Yeah. In other words, will there be a definitive declaration yeah, from yeah. the Vatican? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I, I don't have enough information coming out of the Vatican to say that it will be a definitive declaration, but certainly this is going to be a celebration because of all these jubilees coming together. Now what comes out of it I'm not you know, I don't I'm not privy to in a factual sense, but in a point of conjecture, I think that that will be when they declare a definitive one world religion. That's pure conjecture on my part. I have no facts to back that up. Huh. So, to, to, I mean, we're, 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 time is getting close. Yeah, I think there are enough signs in the in the in the sun and the stars and the moon and whatnot to say that yeah, we are in that season. And if we're to take you know anything from Nostradamus, I mean, he, he's not someone that I'm an adherent to, but he says on September 9th, you know. There will be an alignment that hails the or acknowledges the beginning of the golden age, which is the fifth age, which is occurring in September. Again, the Hebraic calendar, the new age for them, the new year starts in September for the year 5778. And that's an alignment in Cancer with the beehive. It's called the M44 beehive constellation in Cancer lines up with Jupiter and the sun and the moon on September 23rd. So we have, a, from the pagan point of view, we have quite a few alignments that are taking place throughout September in the heavens. Wow. In any way that we can can hmm. tell these uh, how what CERN is running in these, these high, um, you know, increasingly energy... That they use to to run their their tests, um, we see the atmosphere in the globe today. This rising division, this hate. Is there a uh, I guess a perfect or an ideal uh, atmosphere to for these events to come forward? I mean, is there going to need to be you know do they need this chaos and division in order to to bring about this event uh, that will you know try to bring in a, a false peace, or uh, is this something that you know, they can, they just do at, at any time and, and we will fall in line. Well, I think that if we pay attention to the constellations, not from a pagan perspective, but just acknowledging what's going and tracking, then I think we'll have some hints as to what they want to try to accomplish. Will they be successful? Um, it depends on what part of the agenda that you're talking about. I think in Scripture it commands us to pay attention to Israel and Israel being the timepiece for the events that will unfold here on the earth. So in my mind, what I do is I pay attention to CERN and science in general, and I pay attention to Israel. And we see the latest developments with Netanyahu visiting Washington about um you know, a single state and, and Donald Trump, President Trump saying he's happy with a two state solution or a single state solution. Well, for me, what I'm looking for is 
what will happen in terms of the timetable of the movement of the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Are you guys still with me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, oh, it's yeah. a little choppy, but uh, no, we heard everything you said. And we did see Trump talk about moving the embassy uh, to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv. Uh, we also heard that you know it might take a little bit of time. Stan Deo, uh, somebody you know, uh, and who's a guest on our show, said that this is a, that's a major uh, step, you know, um, prophetically, and it's very important to see. So that. Is is it required in this timeline? Yeah, I'm sorry, you're you're we're breaking up a little. Okay, it, 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 what we're doing, you, we're, you know, we're what coming we're, up against the yeah. break, uh, Anthony. We'll disconnect and reconnect, and okay. hopefully, hopefully we'll have a, a better signal. And we'll we'll do that right yeah. now, and we'll In bring fact, you back uh, before the break. Yeah, but again, folks, okay. our guest is, is Anthony Patch, AnthonyPatch.com, expert on CERN. Um, I hope you guys can understand some of this stuff better than I can. Wow. I, I mean, so we're going through the, the calendar of CERN as, as he's laying it out, right? Yeah. Uh, it talked about May 1st, yep. uh, May Day. Yep, May uh, 8th. And uh, I don't know if I have this for Axis Monday uh, or Moondi. Uh, that's, that has to do with that. I had some questions about that. And then also the 23rd of September of this year, which is a, a planetary alignment. Right. For me, personally, I don't put much stock into it other than... Well, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's something to, to pay attention to. Right. Something yeah. to. Yeah. All right, we got you back. All right, thank you guys. Yeah, well, just just so you know, look, we've got a, uh, a near fiber optic uh, uh, connection out of here, out of the studio. So I, I don't know. Is it you know? It could be the weather. It could be a number of different things. Uh, well, uh, just between um, you and between uh, here and you. Go ahead. Two and a half minutes before the break, Mr. Patch, I want to ask you this. How does CERN play into the Mark of the Beast? Well, the Mark of the Beast is actually more akin to the quantum computers and the sentient world simulation and DNA, third strand DNA. Um, CERN is, is aligned to that in terms of research into DNA using particle um, colliders. But the mark of the beast is, in my mind, a combination of third-strand DNA and sentient world simulation, which is driven by D-Wave's quantum computers. I'd be happy to talk about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we come back from the break, the uh, one of the things that you've talked about on our shows in the past and you write about a lot is the D-Wave, the quantum computers. And, uh, folks, if you go, you can read a lot about it on Mr. Uh, Patch's website under Urgent Discovery. Right. Uh, you can go to his YouTube videos and, and check those out. You can listen to his other interviews where he really breaks it down, um, so everybody can, can grasp what he's, what he's saying. And the, one of the interesting things that he talks about uh, these D-Wave computers is the doubling of their ability, um, and the doubling of their qubits. And, and, you know, whether they say that technology can double in, in like size and memory every two years. Well, they're, they're going, you know, off the deep end here with <laughs> what they're able to do. And it makes sense that this type of computer system w- it would be perfect for the mark of the B system. Everybody wonders, you know, if it's an RFID chip or barcode on your hand or forehead, you know, just to catalog people, that's one thing. But the mark is going to, it's a, it's a mark of worship also. And it's going to do a lot more, and it's going to have to almost have a consciousness about it um, for it to 
to uh to function the way that I believe the Bible says it does um, because it's not just uh you know like a sticker from a, a piece of fruit you buy at a store that everybody's going to get put on their hand this thing's going to have uh be able to do things that normal computers and, and computer systems the way we know them today will not be able to do and when we get back from the break we're going to get into that folks go to Anthony Patch's website again I'm going to go over his books Revising Reality that's uh his latest book that he co-authored with um friends of ours of of ours uh Gonzo Smyrna, Josh Peck, Doug Woodward, also Covert Catastrophe as well as 2048 Diamonds in the Rough and as well as there's some great interviews he has right on his front page um that he's done on on CERN that he's done on his books and the contents of his books and a number of uh subjects that surround CERN from the decoding 4096 key and Antichrist Apollo. Uh, I remember Good we talked stuff, about man. that. Yeah. And the keys to the bottomless pit. And, uh, you'd be pretty surprised to see what, what, how Mr. Patch describes and, and shows you what he believes is the actual key. Also want to talk about, uh, when we come back, last time you were on, I believe we talked about a black cube that was part of, uh, of internal yeah. mechanism of CERN. And how it almost had, it was like an altar, uh, and I want to kind of get into that a little bit. So when we come back, we're going to continue to talk with Anthony Patch, author, researcher, and speaker, and expert on CERN, and we, uh, we got a lot more ground to cover, so don't go anywhere. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high net worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. 
For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. of the Hagman and Hagman Report. I want to just uh, point something out to you. You know, we talk about we, we talk about uh, potential disruptions in service, whether it be well, for whatever cause. And there's one thing that I would like everyone to check out. I, I really would. If you're listening to this broadcast, you're ahead of the curve. I know you are. You're part of the solution, not part of the problem. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, you need to, to be in communication with each other. Here's what we've done. We've checked this out. We've che- checked this company out thoroughly, and actually, we've gotten uh, we've changed over our communications to satellite communications. Right now, satellitephonestore.com. I'd like everyone to go there. Satellitephonestore.com. That's satellitephonestore.com. They have Iridium 9555 satellite phones on sale at uh, via satellitephonestore.com. But here's the, here's the, here's what they look like. I mean, it's just like a normal cellular phone it, it, you know you don't need to you don't need one of those uh big dishes that you used to see back in the 1970s or 80s in the yards you know uh this is it this is the this is the key to communicating when everything else goes down and i'll tell you something this is comparable to a uh uh cell cell phone plan really uh you know you do need line of sight vision with satellites you can't use these indoors obviously but uh, when everything else stops working, this is what you need to go to, satellite phones, uh, and this is the key. I, we checked out all sorts of companies, all sorts of plans, bottom line, satellitephonestore.com. That is, that's the answer. They have the best of the best. They are the best of the best. Here's the product, one of the products, one of the many products. But, again, be very serious. When things go down, use a satellite phone. Get one for you. Get one for your wife. A shared plan, independent plans, or individual plans. Uh, it's not that expensive. It's not com- comparable to a cell phone plan, if you will. But you're going to need these when everything does go down. Satellitephonestore.com. Satellitephonestore.com. Once, one more time. Satellitephonestore.com. And mention that you heard this on the Hagman and Hagman Report for special offers, special deals. 
Our guest this evening is Mr. Anthony Patch. His website is anthonypatch.com. We've been covering a lot of ground about CERN. We were talking about uh, the Mark of the Beast before the break, third-strand DNA and quantum computers. Um, Mr. Patch, I want to just throw this out to you. Uh, artificial intelligence and quantum computing. Elon Musk was at a uh, summit recently, um, or is it here? It was in Dubai. It was the World Government Summit in Dubai uh, that they talked about artificial intelligence, um, and he made some interesting comments on this. He stated that artificial intelligence is a digital super intelligence that will be like an alien. And he said it's not only possible, it's very probable. And not only that, he wanted to say that these super intelligent aliens are already out there probably observing us. How does artificial intelligence play into CERN and quantum computing? There you go. You know, that's a great comment because for him to say aliens is mirroring what Gordy Rose, one of the co-founders of D-Wave, said. And it's as you said on my website, there's a lot of information. If you go to my Urgent Discoveries tab at anthonypatch.com, I have several quotes from Gordy Rose, co-founder of D-Wave. One of the quotes is, when you stand next to one of these black cubes, when you stand next to one of these computers, it's like standing at the altar to an alien god. So for Elon Musk to be using the word alien along with Gordy Rose, there's a direct tie to what I think Elon was referring to. He was talking about D-Wave's quantum computers described as an altar to an alien god by one of their co-founders. Now, Elon Musk also has recently discussed AI in the sense of if we do not as humans stay ahead of the advancements in AI, we will be rendered to the equivalency of a house pet, to a cat. And so he... That's okay. So he was advancing as as his recommendation for how to stay a step ahead of AI is for everyone to be injected through an artery in the arm, what's known as a neural lace. This is actually a material that would flow through the bloodstream directly to the brain and adhere itself as a physical lace to the neurons of our brain and thus provide us the opportunity to be connected to the AI and ostensibly, he says, stay a step ahead of it. Wow. Okay. uh, (laughs) I'm not sure sure I I, I 100% understand that. And he goes on to say that over time we're going to see, uh, here he says we are already cyborgs uh, due to the extensions of our computers and our phones. And then he goes on to yeah. talk about your digital ghost. But he says, over time, we will see a close merger of biological intelligence and digital intelligence. And it's all about the bandwidth of the brain, the digital extension of yourself, just what you were describing. Yeah. Yeah, I have, um, you know, you, you've had L.A. Marzulli on your show many times. He's a good friend, and I publish a monthly article on his PPNS um, e-magazine. And one of the articles that I published just recently has to do with exactly what you're talking about, the advancement of the quantum computers as they relate to biology. 
So I'm going to very quickly run through the advancement of the model numbers of D-Wave computers, but I'm also going to describe for you what I call warm and wet qubits. Now, D-Wave's computers does not use transistors. It uses quantum bits, known as qubits. They have produced a biological quantum computer that in its first version was compared directly numerically to the number of qubits in human Humor is a quantum computer, quite literally. It's not an analogy. So that if you like. But they exceeded the human brain beyond that to two more models. They've exceeded the number of qubits in the human brain with their biological quantum computer. So I'll let you jump in there. So like you said, we would be reduced to house pets, basically. Well, yeah. Or or the yeah. And this is where you get them calling for uh you know, universal wages for everybody because the computers are going to be running everything and humans are going to, you know, be basically obsolete. Um, I mean, there's just so many avenues. I mean, so many possibilities. Uh, and we're, we're talking about CERN. We're talking about the Large Hadron Collider out of Switzerland and, um, you know, the science behind it. But the stated goals and, and uh, agenda is completely different from the reality uh, or the revising of the reality, as uh, Mr. Patch's book is titled, of what they really want to do, which is all spiritual in nature. It's satanic in nature. Right. And has nothing to do with science other than the fact that they're trying to use, quote-unquote, science to unlock these keys in people of darkness. Which, We're, right. Where are we on the on the calendar? Getting back to again, I, I, I nine twenty three September twenty third. Got that. Is there more, or is that where it ends? I, I don't mean to kind of jump around here, but I, I I got a reason for asking this. Is there an extension beyond that? They, of course, in the December eighteenth, I understand that from from May eighth, like you had talked before. But any other significant hinge point dates on the calendar? Well, between the 23rd of September and December 18th, on the calendar for CERN, they're going to be running in the north area, that center point in the main ring, what are called xenon physics. Now, xenon physics has to do with a colorless, odorless, poisonous gas. <coughs> that will be enclosing the environment around the north area target and that is where they will be resurrecting the DNA. I'm being literal here. The DNA of Osiris, of Nimrod. And this is done utilizing the four main detectors at CERN. The four main detectors not only look at and measure the collisions that occur between accelerated particles, but if you reverse engineer the the design and the components, they are massive three-story tall MRI machines like you'd find in a hospital. And that goes directly to DNA sequencing. DNA sequencing means that you develop a digital model 
of DNA, the sequence of it, the human genome, and thereby once you have a digital model in a piece of software, you can then resequence that DNA and utilizing the amino acids and nucleotides, the building blocks of DNA, you can then recreate a biological copy of the original from which the digitized DNA was derived. But you can also, before you resurrect that DNA or reconstitute it using an MRI machine and a sequencer, you can also change that sequence to whatever pattern you want so and create a new biological life form. Now, one last thing, I'll let you jump in. Not only are the are the detectors an MRI machine, but they are also bioprinters. They are 3D bioprinters for the purpose of reconstituting the DNA as a life form. That, that's fascinating. That's what I was going to ask you. It's just basically a, a 3D printer. But where do they get the source DNA? Th- that's my next question. Do they need an ancestor? Do they need original DNA? Or do they just need to know? I guess, how would they know this, the the gene sequencing of Osiris from back then today? Is it an ancestor or is it uh, preserved DNA? One of the reasons we went into Iraq was to retrieve the head of Osiris, which is in a jar, which is containing what they call the um, sacred fire. And the sacred fire protects the DNA of Osiris. Quite literally, the Vatican has in its possession the head of Osiris in this jar. And it will be transported anywhere between September 9th and September 23rd to the North Area Target at CERN. And they will begin the resurrection process. Uh, all right. Well, let me see if I get this straight here. The head of Osiris yep. in a jar in the Vatican. Yep. yep. And, and where, where where'd this come from? The the Iraq, right? Yep. Probably from the Baghdad Museum. I, I'm sure it wasn't on display. <coughs> no, it's got to be pretty gamey by now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you go to Egypt, the mummies, as I said at the outside of the program. The reason for the preservation of the bodies is for a latter-day resurrection. We're in that latter day. So not only Osiris's DNA, but the, but the DNA of their pharaohs, of their gods, is what they seek to resurrect using these MRI and biological 3D printers. Now, this, this is all the technology that comes out of for example, as one person that I've noted in many of my interviews, Dr. Craig Ventner, his human genome was the first genome that was sequenced, and that was done at Berkeley and in Walnut Creek right next door. And he has founded the human, the Center for Human Longevity. That's in La Jolla, California. He is the one who has developed the tabletop size sequencers for transmitting DNA, once it's in a digital form, you can transmit it through the cloud to another sequencer and the base chemicals, and you can rebuild that same biological form from which it was originated. And this has been going on, and it's in the literature for over five years now, successfully. 
Wow. All right. All right. <laughs> Where do we go? Well, <laughs> yeah. And when, when talking with you, Mr. Patch, you leave us scratching our heads half the time wondering we, where do we go I mean well, how is well, this there, there's just so much that we're, we're well, covering okay, in it. But, but how long would this process let, let me go I, I'm still hung up on the head of Osiris and the, the DNA sure. sequencing and stuff how long was this going to take uh, you know in other words because uh, I've seen a 3D printer work it, it takes a while to kind of you know print out 3D whatever you're printing out so I don't how, use how, quantum computers either well yeah yeah, but how long? Yeah. How long is this process going to take? It's a matter of minutes. Yeah, that'd be something to see. Uh, Picture a three D printer that's three stories tall, and then extrapolate how long it would take. Yeah, I guess size does matter, huh? It does. No, uh, folks out there, the are they familiar with the Illuminati card game? There's a card in that deck of, of cards. Head in a jar is the name of the card. And inside there they have a person's head cut off and there's a jar with liquid and there looks like there's a machine hooked up to it. But a lot of people will, you know, show these cards as they were created decades ago that show like 9-11 and the Pentagon attack and many other catastrophes and things that happened. And just for searching Osiris head in a jar, to see that card pop up, that's pretty amazing. Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, this is born out in the hieroglyphs of Egypt, and in my newest book that I'm going to be publishing here very soon, um, entitled Coalescence, my co-author is Chris from End Times Matrix News, and we have pulled together the actual hieroglyphs that depict what I just outlined for you. Okay. Hmm. Uh, 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 no, 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 okay, but see, all right, I'm still hung up. Okay, we got to go back, sure. go back to this 3D thing and print it up, and here we go, a matter of minutes, we got, but a bang, we got, we, what do we got? We, we got a... We have Osiris, we have Nimrod standing there. Okay, okay in, in, in the body, in the physical, but what about the spiritual part? Is that... Would that be driven by artificial intelligence? Would that be inhabited by the, by Satan, or or you know, would that Satan give him the power to be the Antichrist? How would the spiritual aspect play into this? Well, this is the beast. This is the image of the beast. This is in given life. Satan. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So we look at September twenty third, and we look at the birthing that's taking place, and I said that that is the spirit of the Antichrist. These all coincide. So on September 24th, we're going to have like a lot to talk about. We'll have a lot to talk about. I am not going to be dogmatic and say that it's absolutely going to happen then. No. I can't do that. I don't have the facts to say. But well, there's so much that's coalescing then. Yeah, and, and I don't mean to, 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 to make light of this or pin down the date or anything like that, but what I'm saying is when this does happen, I, I guess, um, boy. It changes everything. Yeah, it does. So, do, do, do the guys, you know, in, in the white coats, working at the computers, doing the whatever they're doing, thinking whatever they're thinking? I mean, do they know what what? I mean, do they know at the end of the, you know, when they push enter or print? 
for P for print. <laughs> you know, I mean, do they know what's what they're doing and what's what's coming, or are they going to be you know like holy crap, what the heck is this? Well, as we've discussed before, there's a lot of compartmentalization that goes on, but those that are driving the agenda and know how all the pieces fit together know exactly what's happening when they hit enter. Okay. Wow. And um, and just doing some quick uh, searching and reading. This is the reason the machine was built. This is for resurrection. Let's go to, just as a sidestep, just for fun, right. E equals C squared. E equals MC squared from Einstein. Okay? If you look at that with a different set of glasses on, it is energy being converted into matter. Energy being converted into matter is a resurrection. Huh? I, I understand. Wait, wait a second. Energy, sit, wait, huh? Converted into matter to equal a it, resurrection. Matter can be neither created nor destroyed. Well, that is correct, but you can convert it. You can convert energy, and if we talk about the spirits that are in the abyss that do not have a body, they will come through the portal and be converted into matter. They will be resurrected. Like uh, solar power, uh, you know, wind generators, the, the wind uh, moves the propellers around and it generates energy. Um, same wow. basic concept there of, of turning one form of energy into another. And we're, we're stepping into the metaphysical discussion here, but the spiritual is energy. It does have an, an energy form. And when you open a portal to another side, which is a realm of energy, it is not living matter, but you're allowing that spiritual energy to come through, it can be converted through this resurrection process of this technology we're talking about into a physical form. Wow. It's what I've talked about on previous shows as digitized DNA, and that's an analogy. But digitized DNA coming through the portal, much like I just described in transporting or transmitting it through the cloud using a sequencer. It's the same process. Resurrection is done through sequencing of DNA. Right. Okay. I kind of get that, although it makes me feel really ignorant. We're talking about this. I mean, I, it, it, this is uh, talking at several levels about my comprehension, but I kind of understand what you're saying, and I think I think most people do, at least in theory. Yeah, I'm trying to take what I read in the journals and make this very simplistic, and we don't have the time to go into a long dialogue about it. That's why I write books, is to give all of the contextual and evidentiary information so people can see it in that context and digest it at their own leisure. You know, I want to ask you, and I'm, I'm being funny, did you fall and hit your head when you were a kid to, like, you know, get all this? You, you know how some prodigies, they have head injury and all of a sudden they can play the piano, like, you know, not like Beethoven, okay, or talk French or whatever? I mean, my goodness, this is incredible stuff. Uh, and that wasn't a, that was not a disparaging comment. That was no, no, I don't know. take it that way. Yeah, I mean, wow. I'll, I'll give you a flippant response. Okay. I was born two blocks from UC Berkeley, 
<laughs> the human genome project started. Okay, <laughs> I have been dropped. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I've been dropped into so many things. Give me, let me give you just a quick pebble, pebbles on the trail scenario. I was born at Berkeley, which is where they developed the particle accelerators with Dr. Lawrence. That was where they developed the atom bomb with Oppenheimer and Lawrence, okay, and Teller. I grew up in that neighborhood. My father was a general practitioner. His patients, many of whom worked at the Rad Lab up on the hill. When I was 10 years old, I was taken up to um, on a tour with my father by one of his patients, a physicist, who ran the cyclotron. And I walked across the tops of the magnets of the cyclotron as a child. And this is a massive circular ring of magnets. And they were using them for a, a host of things, but they were developing isotopes for the treatment of um, cancer, specifically thyroid cancer. And I witnessed a patient being bombarded in his tumor in the neck by the cyclotron in the early days of oncology. So I was immersed in this. Now, Lawrence Livermore Laboratory is a 20-minute drive from where I grew up. The human genome was mapped in Walnut Creek, which is next door to where I grew up. It's the next town over. When I was in the Army, I was in West Germany in the 70s. And I was assigned to nuclear warheads, and that's when I first learned about CERN over the hill in Switzerland. And ever since the 70s, I've been tracking this and studying this as a hobby. And I think I told you in one of my first interviews with you, you asked me, how did I start writing? Well, about late 2012, I literally felt what I would describe as a switch being thrown in the corner of my brain. And the Holy Spirit opened up to me and said, you need to start writing books. You need to start talking about what I've been showing you. That doesn't make me a prophet, and it doesn't make me special. I simply am telling you that since age 16, I have been a witness for Christ. And I've had my ups and downs, but boy, he sure grabbed a hold of me. And he said, you need to start talking about this, because you understand it, and you can translate it. I've done many years of teaching. And so now that's what I'm doing. Wow. Yeah, you certainly can translate it. The only thing we can, uh, the only thing I can do is just, uh, just point to you and say what he said, you know. Uh, it, 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 I, 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 I'm fooling around a little bit, but because this is heavy stuff. And sure. what you're talking about, I mean, this is really, this is, this is really, I, I mean, what else? What's more important than than this? Assume no, I don't want to say assuming. This is happening, right? I mean, this is taking place. It's not being. Uh, it's not a covert agenda anywhere. I mean, it's not covert. Since so people can check this out. Go to anthonypatch.com too. By the way, revising realities is book. Yeah, I can't think of anything more important to talk about than this. Uh, that's for sure. Party contestants will receive a year's supply of rice aroni San Francisco treat. I don't know why I said that. Our guest is Anthony Patch. AnthonyPatch.com. AnthonyPatch.com. Uh, just a tremendously, just a tremendous wealth of information. 
tremendous wealth of information. Go to his website, anthonypatch.com. Revising Realities, newest book. Grab all of that. It's a fascinating read. And right back, sir. We got three minutes. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? From all of us at Training Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their house by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all, and may God bless America. Happy Happy New Year! This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. HagmanReport.com. That's the place to go. Bookmark HagmanReport.com. And folks, do us a favor. Go to HagmanReport or wherever, HagmanHagman.com. 
that's the show page. But but uh, subscribe. To, <coughs> excuse me. Subscribe to our. I'm going through the, you know puberty. Subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. That that reinforces. I mean, even if you're listening to this on BTR, whatever venue you're listening to, to this on, subscribe to our to our YouTube channel. It increases our visibility. It, they're playing with numbers. It's just an amazing thing what they're doing. Um, and uh, but but that assists us in getting the message out. Like people like Anthony Patch, uh, who's got an intense message to get out. Uh, this stuff is fascinating. We're, we're going we're to be asking uh, Anthony Patch here about quantum computers, the cube, and so on. Before we get back to Mr. Patch, uh, Texas Ready, TexasReady.net. Go to TexasReady.net, folks. TexasReady.net for seed banks. Look, it, it, you, you, if I have to convince you to plan, then I, I, I might as well just talk to the talk to the wall. You know, you've got a plan. You know, you got to prepare. You need, among other things, in addition to food, you need seed banks. Texas Ready's got the best of the best. They have over 80-plus varieties of vegetables and fruits, including eight dual-purpose herbs, culinary and medicinal, and medicinal purposes. The larger banks contain training manuals with, uh, well, that teach you how to garden properly. The seed banks that are sent out by Texas Ready are the best of the best. They use the highest quality seeds, regionally appropriate, Open, open pollinated heirloom seeds. Uh, they're certified seeds. Most seed bank uh, companies don't use those because they cost more. Texas Ready thinks their customers are worth it. And the germina- germination rate on their seeds is just absolutely outstanding. Year after year, this will take care of you. This is an investment in your future. This is something if you have, perhaps few others will, but take advantage of this. Um, TexasReady.net. That's TexasReady.net. TexasReady.net. Please do yourself a favor. Take advantage of this uh, offer. Go to TexasReady.net. Make sure you let them know the Hagman and Hagman Report sent you. All right. We're talking with Anthony Patch. He's been with us uh, since 8 o'clock, being very gracious with his time. He'll be with us and through the end of the show, which is this segment. And we have been talking about CERN. We've been talking about uh, the quantum computing, the black cubes, uh, where do you want to start, Mr. Patch, with the cubes? Yeah, let's start with the cube and Saturn just real quickly, and we'll move into the cube as far as the quantum computers at D-Wave are concerned. Um, Doug, you know, several interviews I have cited your comment to me about your conversation with an intelligence community contact relative to the cube and Saturn. Yes. And I appreciate that because that, that provides some, you know, um, cross-referencing to the cube, um, but specifically, and I haven't divulged this before, but the construct, what that cube is made of, and that is metallic hydrogen. That's the core of Saturn, is metallic hydrogen. It, okay. It's under such pressure that it actually forms hydrogen, normally a gas, into a metal. Um, a representation this. of that is. Um, I've actually yeah. seen this before. I've seen I've seen that happen. It, n- not in large quantities, but a very small, uh, very very intense compression, very small quantity. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. In the laboratory, it's produced that way. Sure. But if we want to go to the quantum computers, um, the latest news in D-Wave computing is they sold 
in January of this year to Temporal Defense Systems, the Model 2000Q. That means it has 2,000 qubits in this computer. Now, previous to that, they had the 1024 and the 520, the 512. Um, the 512 has been the most prolific model sold, which went to um, Lockheed, USC, Google, Amazon, and the NSA Processing Center, Data Center in Utah. Um, so the 2000Q is actually the 2048 model, 2048 qubits, but they just call it the 2000, just like the 1024 model that they sold to the NSA and to Google, they each received the 1024 model. They only called it the 1000 qubit. They're kind of funny with what they release to the public, but those are the actual numbers. So temporal defense systems, and they are involved in cryptology and the protecting of secret transmissions. So there's a lot more behind that, but I just wanted to give you a quick update on what they're doing. Um, I'm going to jump real quickly because of time to what I referred to earlier as the warm and wet qubits. That is a quantum computer that has 65,536 qubits. That number is significant. It's, you know, 65,536 is the exact same number in the human brain, in a neuron, in a microtubule, of what are known as tubulin dimers, D-I-M-E-R-S. Tubulin dimers are arranged in pairs, a zero and a one. They are the quantum qubits of the human brain, therefore a quantum computer. The tubulin dimers are binary, the same way that qubits are binary in a quantum computer. Therefore, D-Wave modeled the number of tubulin dimers in a microtubule, and the microtubules make up the human neurons. They have a computer, biological, comprised of calcium, phosphorus, and oxygen, forming tubulin dimers in the equivalent number as the tubulin dimers in the human brain. They literally have a biological computer. I'll let you jump in there. To what end? I mean, a biological computer. Uh, artificial intelligence. Okay. And, and yeah, it's the AI, and this is the system. This is the system that is running the present-day sentient world simulation. It is a sentient simulation of our environment. It is the living, breathing matrix. And, you know, this is talked about in Scripture in different ways. In Daniel, and and Mr. Patch, we're going to have to reconnect yeah, with you because the video is kind of very spotty and the audio is Go copy. figure, right? I mean, you know. So yeah. we're going to disconnect and connect right now. But in Daniel, I believe it's 242. Let me check make sure. Um, it's in Chapter 2 somewhere. It talks about how um, they... They will try to cleave, okay, uh, that humans, uh, the angels or Nephilim will try to cleave with humans, but they will not be successful in the end times. And this is when 
the description is being given of Nebuchadnezzar's dream uh, of the different kingdoms. And it says about how they will try to cleave to one another, but they will not uh, be able to mingle. And when we're talking about the recreation uh, a biolog- of a biological entity, that the Antichrist, uh, uh, Nimrod or Osiris reborn, um, I mean, to me, that's just, it's amazing. And what's even more amazing is, you know, if you do, do some research on this, they, they, uh, there are arguments that people like Gary Stearman have made. Tom Horn has written uh, a book about this. And there are, um, lots of, of theories and I, I say theories backed up by scripture, um, and scriptural interpretations about how this could happen and how even the scriptures lay it out. And it, it's very um, eye-opening. Mm-hmm. One thing we do know is that as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days in the coming of the Son of Man, when Jesus returns, before Jesus returns. We know there's going to be the mark of the beast, the one world Antichrist kingdom uh, will be here, and Jesus will, will crush it upon his return. All these things were foretold in the Bible. And when we look at this from a biblical and a scriptural perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Now, there's a lot of theories on how it could happen or which way it could happen, but I think we can all agree that CERN is being used as the primary tool to to make this happen, not only to um, you know merge the spiritual world with the physical world, but just to the, bring just, back this Antichrist yeah. kingdom with the uh, uh, the keys to the bottomless pit being uh, the key opening so the bottomless pit the key to release then, right? the, yeah, these entities with the Antichrist. Yeah. Yes, CERN is the key to the bottomless pit, one, by location over the bottomless pit, but two, in conjunction with the quantum computers from D-Wave, because the key is a cryptological key, and you have to break Shor's algorithm 2048 and 4096 in order to break that cryptological key. That's why the key to the bottomless pit that's given to the angel is a code, and you have to break the code with a quantum computer. And then in order to have the beast system, you have to have these models of computers that I will quickly run through. If you'd like to hear the string of the numbers, I can give those to you. Yeah, yeah indeed. I think people okay. would like that. Well, what I have not disclosed before is the 12th model. I'm going to start there. There's 12 models of D-Wave computers. The 12th model has 262,144 qubits. That's 262,144. That's the 12th model. And as you know from Scripture, 12 is a very significant number. Now, working back from that, I'm going to just give you these numbers very quickly. The first model they released to the public, I think I just lost you guys. No, we're still here. We still have you. Okay, I lost I lost the image, but they started at 128, and it progressed all the way up to the 12th model. So 128 was the first model, and I'm not going to give you all the numbers in between, but the 12th model is the one I just gave you. So the biological computer that I mentioned at 65,000 was the 10th model. They've got two more beyond that. The sentient world simulation that I mentioned is from Purdue University, 2006, their white paper, 2007, though its simulation went live. 
The simulation as it developed works lockstep with the development of the model numbers of the D-Wave computers. D-Wave runs not only the sentient world simulation, but it also runs what's going on at CERN and will be controlling the opening of the portal so as not to create a vacuum bubble as described by, by Dr. Stephen Hawking. I take it a vacuum bubble would be bad, huh? Well, it would expand at the speed of light, according to Hawking. And so the quantum computer, which is an interdimensional communications tool, controls that. The aspect of interdimensional communications, again, is outlined in my article with L.A. Marzulli's e-magazine, but it has everything to do with where we are now with 5G Wi-Fi. 5G Wi-Fi is the fifth model of D-Wave's computer, the 2048. The, the 2000Q that was just sold to Temporal Dynamics is, is in line with 5G. They're one and the same. We are presently immersed in the sentient world simulation and immersed in 5G Wi-Fi. Iridium Corporation three weeks ago launched on the SpaceX program, launched 10 satellites into a constellation pattern of geosynchronous satellites that are broadcasting to every square foot on the planet a 5G full immersion signal. And that ties to temporal dynamics and D-Wave's 2048 2000Q computer. And that's only the fifth model out of 12. What does that do to us, being immersed in that 5G Wi-Fi soup, morass, whatever? Well, this is all part of the psychological manipulation. This is for the ultimate control of us, and this is all part of the um, mark of the beast system. This will be the system that will broadcast the signal to the nano nano um, particulates, the nanoparticles that reside in every person's body right now that are laying dormant, these nanoparticles that have been sprayed upon us are dormant and awaiting a signal from these geosynchronous 5G Wi-Fi systems that once you make the decision through free will to accept the mark of the beast, these nanoparticles will be activated to then grow the third strand of DNA within our bodies and within our minds, and we will lose all awareness that we have even been changed and will be rendered to the surf class of humanity. Okay, but how, how do we how do we stop that? I, in other words, okay, so you, I understand you've got to say you you got you got you got to accept the change, but how, how do we? How is that? I understand free will. I, I understand that. But how do we say, uh-uh, no. Nothing. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Very simple. Yeah. Go to Jesus Christ on bend and knee. Commit to him your sins. Accept the Holy Spirit into your heart and take on the full armor of God. This is a literal full armor of God, the Holy Spirit. It has been proven definitively that with remote sensing devices, call it the intelligence community, will scan people in church, congregations, 
and they can tap the that their DNA is vulnerable. This is not conjecture. I read the papers, and I present you the facts. Wow. Therefore, the full armor of God from the Holy Spirit protects and shields our DNA from this signal that will activate the dormant nanoparticles. It was interesting. I just read a story yesterday. Um, I did not watch the video. There was a video attached with it that showed a 5G network being set up, and it showed the effects that once it was turned on that it had on livestock, on cattle that were in uh-huh. this area. And just from re I mean, it said that they were acting crazy, running around, you know, acting in ways that they never acted before. And it does raise the question, and Dr. Ted Brewer is a guest on our show all the time. He talks about how, you know, we need to do what we can, turn our phones, turn our Wi-Fi off, especially when we're going to sleep, um, you know, to, to protect ourselves from this. Because we are, um, you know, there's still a lot of questions about what effects this can have on you. Can it influence you? Can it uh, alter your moods, your behaviors? We already know that DARPA and the, and the government have created... Uh, a number of different weapons from being able to project voices directly into your head uh, to be able to microwave your insides uh, and, and you know, weapons to make you have anxiety, to give you stress, to make you angry, to, to alter your moods and to alter the way you feel. Um, Absolutely. It's a control system. Yeah. Uh, how, how, okay, but how soon, if the mechanisms are in place... What are we waiting for? Yeah. I think we're waiting for September. I think it comes full circle to our discussion. I think that what they're really waiting for, and I'm not putting a date to the rapture, but I believe that because the Holy Spirit is the restrainer, as I view the Holy Spirit, once the restrainer is lifted by way of the rapture, then everything they have in place that is standing in the wings, it's much like a baseball team. You know, you got the guy who's waiting to, Go to bat. You know, he's in the dugout. Everything's in the dugout and we're ready to go. I don't see that they need to any further advancements in technology to achieve their goals that we've been discussing. So I think they're waiting for the rapture. All right. I'm just, uh, I don't know, like everyone else, I think I'm processing all of this. <laughs> it's, it, well, without regard to the Rapture aside for a moment, okay. Sure. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to make it. The, you've got to make it. Their conscious decision will have to be made to be part of this system. If you're not part of the system, well, okay, you'll be persecuted. You won't be part of. Society. I guess my question is, why would there be a free will why allow this why allow free will here i mean why are they playing by the rules because they can't overcome god's plan this is all god's plan and god's allowing all this to happen in his yeah. time to his schedule and by his methodologies yeah okay yes uh, satan gets away with what god allows him to um and has to work inside those parameters and and that's that's the way it has to be uh you know, the devil or Satan thinks that he has been wronged by God, that God has um, treated him unfairly and has, through his pride and, and self-deception, has 
spent all of, of his existence trying to prove to everybody, humans and angels and all included, that God is unjust. So God is allowing Satan to work, uh, just like Job, just how he was allowed, Satan was allowed to aff- afflict Job, uh, first by taking away his livestock and then his family and then his health. And Satan said to, to God, you know, the only reason he, he worships you is because of all the things you bless him with. Take these things away and, and curse him and he'll curse you to your face. It was a test of Job's faith. This, all of this discussion about technology and the spiritual, for me, as a witness for the glory of God, is to provide people evidence that I hope will make them stop in their tracks, think about the reality of what I'm talking about and that you guys are adding to, and realize that a choice has to be made. You either go with God and Jesus Christ or you go with Satan. There is no in-between. Right. And this is the timing in which that decision has to be made. This is not fear, Mark. This is the hope. This is the everlasting salvation of your soul that we're talking about here. Set all the technology aside. Yeah, and we're, I mean, and, and Jesus already paid the price for our sins. Well, hang on a second, though. What? Ha- okay, just on a practical sense. So, there's going to be two kinds of people on this earth. One that said, "Uh-uh, ain't happening," and the other, unknowingly or willingly transformed, unknowing to their previous existence. Right. Kind of, sort of. And and remember, this is all going to come with a grand deception with false lying signs right. and wonders so but you know the people who are on the fence or uh you know didn't have an inclination about god or or the devil one way or the other it's, it even says that if it were possible even the very elect could be deceived okay. so what's coming but does not deceive i, I guess my question is what kind of what kind of world is it going to be uh <laughs> you know what's it going to look like uh down at fifth and main uh or wherever because um, there's not going to be a coexistence of these of these two classes or two types. Or... No. no, there'll be the ruling class and the serf class. Uh-huh. And, and obviously course... the population reduction agenda 21. We, you know, right down the line, Georgia Guidestones, the whole thing. And the um, cashless society, of course, to keep track of everything yeah. and keep everyone in line. And you know, Dad, you asked a question earlier. Why not? Why haven't they just obliterated us now? But and I, my first thought is always, well, you know, we're we're their bread and butter. This is how they get their money through taxes and through they get their work done through the manipulation and basically modern day slaves. But at the same time, we have to remember it's more than economics. It's a spiritual battle. Satan's not out to raise or pad a bank account. He's looking to steal as many souls as possible. He ultimately wants to kill everyone. He wants to and take he wants every their soul. souls. Yep, he wants their souls right. first and foremost. Secondly, he, he if he can't take their souls, and even if he has their souls, then he will kill them. So why haven't we, or why won't we be all wiped out at once? I mean, there might come a time during the tribulation or uh, you know, in those very last moments that that happens, but the battle is for the soul, and uh, it's not something that he can just say, I'm taking the soul. It has to be given either by default or by willingly willingly and 
he's going to need that grand deception to get as many of those souls as possible. And that grand deception is going to include his antichrist. And if it's a spiritual being that appears uh, through the creation that CERN has has provided, then that's the way it it happens. I mean, it's going to happen one way or the other. I guess the question is just, you know, how, (laughs) how and when, but we won't know the when until we see it. There's so few we know about. I mean, it's got to be like just a fraction of people that really know about what's going on. Man, you try to explain this to your to your uncle Fred. Well, it's all in the Bible. See, the, part that, the, the part that's that's for me confusing, at least, is the is CERN and the, uh, the 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 mechanics, the mathematics, the the uh, science that's behind that. that that's what what confuses me um and it also confuses me that if these supernatural beings have such great abilities to influence to uh deceive and to make things appear as though they're not and manipulate reality why do they need a machine to do it but mr patch has laid out that right. uh in great right. detail uh, especially for the reason for the keys to the bottomless pit your yeah your book uh revising reality Plug other other yeah. things too. Uh, yeah, you got anything you got upcoming? A couple, couple of minutes here. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. We have a DVD of the book Revising Reality that will be available tomorrow through Douglas Woodward through S. Douglas Woodward's website. Initially, it's being fulfilled through Amazon. Um, it is a PowerPoint presentation with an awful lot of beautiful graphics put together. Lindley Oz. It hosted the discussion between Douglas and myself, talking about CERN, talking about the D-Wave computers, and talking about DNA. So the DVD is available, and it's a much faster way of gaining the same information as comprised in the book Revising Reality. Well, see, that's right up my alley, okay. a DVD right. for, for we, that book. we we got we to grab one of them. I, I, need, I need to watch that. This is one of those things where I'll be watching and reading at the same time, trying to get a better <laughs> understanding. We'll send them to you. Okay, but uh, where do people go to get that? Through Anthony Patch? Uh, Doug Woodward. Doug Woodward. Go through Douglas Woodward. Uh, Doomsday Doug is his website, Doomsday Doug. But I'll post it on my website as soon as we've got the link from Amazon. That'll be tomorrow, and it'll be on my homepage at anthonypatch.com. Gotta watch that. Gotta, 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 gotta really get a handle on this stuff because we gotta, we have to be the front lines. We, we are the front lines. You're the front line. You're giving out this information, making people aware of the mechanics of the takeover. And, you know, for, for all the little, uh, uh, you know, cracking wise I did, honestly, th- this is important stuff. All right. I mean, well, I thank you for the opportunity to get the information out to as many people as we can. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, thank you, thank you for your always incredible. a great yeah always a great interview always very challenging on my mind and uh, <laughs> want to thank you for your your generous gift of time and and the information and we look forward to having you back on in the future. Excedrin, man. Anytime. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Anthony. Good night, gentlemen. Good night. Wow, that, isn't that great? That's I'm great. To go back and listen to, to some of that again because when you're doing an interview like this. You're listening to what, what the guest is yeah. saying, but you're also trying to think of the the next step in, in the questioning. Well, everyone the, go the back. The information is so again. complex. 
I, my mind is just gets so gobbled up, you know, with what he's talking about and then the That's questions. Right. So if we seem confused or disjointed, it's because we were. No, we are. the information Believe that me. he shared is very um, intense and, and very uh, exhaustive. But anthonypatch.com is his website, the Revising Reality DVD, available tomorrow. Go to doomsdaydug.com. There should be the Amazon link for the DVD tomorrow. That'll do it for us tonight. Until tomorrow, stay safe. God bless. We'll be back.